we did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Hi, this is Marlene, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Whether you're watching a video or listening to a podcast, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. Links to videos or MP3 files can be found on MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Go to MarlenePardo.com for information on new book releases. I narrate several podcast series that can be found on major podcast platforms and can also be listened to via Alexa, Sonos, and other home systems. Look for Supernatural Storytime for scary storytelling, Nightshade Diary for classic horror and adventure stories, Stories of the Supernatural for interviews with different guests on the show. If you want to get noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit Strange Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com or find us on Blogspot. I want to thank you for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi, everybody. This is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing? Good, I hope. I'm doing well. Um, I know people... My knee is still messed up from the last show. I know people had asked me, how's your knee doing after? And for those of you who didn't catch the last show, I was out with my chickens, of course, and it's been raining here. It's rainy season in Florida, and I didn't realize that the mud where I was stepping on was like a mud pie. like. And I did one of those. I was trying to do the twist and keep my balance, and I did something to my left knee, and still, it's still hurting. Um, it's... I walk around with like a limp and of course my right foot is hurting because I'm using it. I'm putting all this weight on it, but it's doing all the work. So yeah, I feel like <laughs> I'm living on ibuprofen. And as a matter of fact, I'm waiting to go see an orthopedic, but yeah, such is life. But besides that, everything is good. And, and for those of you who always are asking me, how's the chick scenario? And, and I had already put videos of, um, the last chicks that we hatched and and that I had bought five or six of the um, Rhode Island Reds um, at a farm supply store by here. And it just so happened that they were close in age to the ones that were hatched. So basically I used my hen and at night I stuck these new chicks in and she took them over and they're, they're fine. They're running around and there's a video. Now let's update the chicken diary. Um, I have I had a very small, really, really small, all-white bantam hen. She was like, I'm not kidding. We used to call it a little dove. She's really small. 
I hatched her way back when I was living in South Florida. <laughs> and I had mentioned this before, even though I have lattices under some of the, um, the sheds that I have, she's so small. Because one of the reasons why we put the lattice besides uh, is that we didn't want the chickens going in there and making nests and hatching chicks. And then, uh, uh, you know, I have to control the population somehow. But she was so small that she could fit in through the lattice. And that's exactly what she did. Okay. She started her own nest. I could tell one of my dogs that he would, when he goes crazy and I didn't see her, long story short, she had been there and a couple of times she would come out to eat. Something killed her. Something killed her, and I, I guesstimated she had been on those eggs about two weeks. And if anybody knows, it's about a 21-day uh, period for uh, chicken eggs to hatch, 19, 20, 21 days. So I got on my – I crawled under the shed, and I got – I was able to recover eight eggs. That's what she had in the nest. She was a real good little mommy. She really kept them warm. And I, trans I had some broody hens. She always had broody hens. And, you know, I would be removing their eggs, but they were still broody, so I stuck the eggs under there. And um, one of the ones that took them over was I, I've, I have a, a, a Polish hen. Her name is Zsa I've had her for eight years. She took them over. And uh, the day yesterday, was it yesterday morning, I went in there. And one chick was hatched. So I was like, okay, I got to get these chicks and these eggs into, um, into a cage by themselves. Because if not, other hens go in there and they could, these were little real chicks. Because these are from that small bantam. And I've got her, she's so far of the eight, she's hatched six eggs. You know, one of those things where you lose an animal, but you still got the babies. And I had my fingers crossed because those eggs were under there like more than a day without a hen on them. And yes, it's incredible to think that this is a show about the paranormal. I'm talking so much about chickens, but what can I say? <laughs> it's one of those deals. But let's get on to the good part. I will keep on with the chicken diary and, and I'll film the, the chicks, which are beautiful for the next show. But let me tell you what the good part is, of course, which is who my guest is. And my guest is Mr. Christopher George. And he's been here before. He is the founder of Anubis Paranormal Research Organization. He holds credentials in parapsychology and alternative history. He's a renowned parapsychologist who, started, who studied at one of South California's prestigious colleges in their parapsychology laboratory from 1979 to 1982 as a research associate. Uh, during his three-decade career, he's investigated more than 2,500 cases of ghost hauntings poltergeist and conducted extensive studies in hauntings, cryptozoology, and the UFO phenomenon. Uh, he's also taught paranormal studies to students at Hodges University in South Florida, where he shared many facets of the scientific approach to the paranormal. Yes, the science and the paranormal do meet, believe it or not. Uh, his primary career has been in the role of park ranger, and his experience in law enforcement, historical identification, and research has helped him to explore both the physical world and the paranormal world working hand in hand. And I'd like you to help me welcome him back. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing real good, Marlene. How are you doing? <laughs> good. Besides what happened to your, your little uh, I'm telling you, it's like <laughs> sometimes I can, it's like, hey, man, I, I think I need a, a, a sitcom or reality show, even though I think in reality, reality shows are on their way out. But yeah, sometimes it does feel like, you know, things that happen is like, you know, somebody going to come out and be saying, I'm filming you because... <laughs> now let me tell you something there's nothing like almost falling flat on a mud pie oh. but um anyway we 
talk like years ago. I want to say 2018, possibly 2017. Yeah. And um, before we get into, you know, you, I didn't know until I spoke to you now that you're no longer in California because when we spoke in the first show, you lived in California in one of the yeah. places that you had um, investigated thoroughly and you had such great stories was about the Queen Mary mm -hmm. uh, over in Long Beach. And I wanted you to continue because of what you told me, which, sure. what's, the, what's the fate of the Queen Mary right now? Right now she's uh, unfortunately in, in pretty bad shape. Uh, mm -hmm. They did have to close her for COVID. Uh, she was, right. of course, a, a working hotel. Uh, but they, the intent was that they were going to go ahead and start to uh, do some repairs on her. So they were doing some basically cosmetic repairs uh, to upgrade her. But okay. the problem was that she's not, almost 90 years old, uh, almost 100 when you put it into that yes. context. Uh, she was built in the 30s. So it's really, they. she's been sitting in Long Beach Harbor since mm -hmm. uh, 1968. And uh, so she's been there for a while. And 50-something years. Yeah, exactly. So she's been sitting time. in this enclosure that they made for her, but mm -hmm. she is floating. Now, um, they, like I said, before the, the closure, uh, they mm -hmm. were doing some cosmetics. Now, I had special carte, carte blanche, shall we say, because okay. I've been aboard so many times, and I also worked very closely with the the company and okay. uh, that was was working, you know, that basically operated her. So it uh, there were places on the ship that I got to go to that no one else got to. But in addition to that, I, I did grow up out there. Uh, okay. When I was uh, 10 years old, my dad transferred out to Southern California and to Long Beach. So I'd always had a definitive uh, love for ocean liners. And I used to make aboard the ship and investigate. And I had heard stories about the ghosts and, and being a ghost okay. ship. But at that time, it was not popular to have. Right, not like now, ship. yeah. Exactly. So you kind of had to keep hush-hush about it. And I don't remember if I told you the story or not of uh, being in the back area of the ship. And uh, No, but it, keep going. Keep going. I want to hear this. Yeah, I was uh, crawling through the, the back areas and, and areas. In fact, I went all the way to the back, back part of the ship where the rudder control was. And it was wow. nothing but rust. And I came out of that. And so... I kind of brushed myself off and I was walking around a corridor and there was a, a, a man standing there and I went, Oh crap, I'm in trouble. They caught me. I'm busted. <laughs> 14 I'm busted. years old. Of well, I, also, I also used to sneak aboard without paying because I knew the back way it's into the ship. And so I thought, Oh crap, they caught me. So this gentleman looked at me really odd and I, kind of brushed off a little bit more rust. And <laughs> he went ahead and, and asked me, um, what are you, or, or I asked him, what, no, he asked me, what are you doing here? And I said, well, what are you doing here? 
And <laughs> that's that's a typical teenager reply, by the way. <laughs> and he says, well, I asked you first. And I said, very sheepishly, I said, well, I'm, I'm ghost hunting. And his face lit up. He said, so am I. Well, that gentleman <laughs> was Peter James. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Peter yes, James. Yes, of course I've heard of Peter James. He, he really was involved with a yes. lot of the paranormal activity aboard the Queen Mary. And uh, the nicest guy in the world. And he actually became like a mentor to me. He would take okay. me on trips into the ship and and have him work with him and so on. But during that whole period of time, you know, I was studying more and more about the paranormal world because it just seemed to be a part of me. But getting back to the to the situation with the, the Queen Mary, uh, mm -hmm. after they did closer, they did discover several, several areas of structural damage. And they were shocked by the amount. And they're fearful, still are fear, fearful that she may yeah. even capsize in the in the right. harbor. In other words, there. it's not safe to yeah. Exactly. Nobody should be on there at this point mm -hmm. unless it's like fire crews and, and, and so on. But yeah. uh, which is heartbreaking because yeah. for so many years the city has always owned the Queen Mary but they lease it out to private groups. The only mm -hmm. time, and had the city not kind of, uh, uh, not playing so nice, there's other ways I would have phrased it, uh, Disney wanted to buy it. Okay. Create another marine park. Okay. Mary as the, as the center stage. Sure. But they declined and came out of the project, so retained under the city. But then other industries came in, and they promised the city would grant them X amount of money if they mm -hmm. would go ahead and do the work to maintain, number one, and to right. repair, number two, any of the issues with the Queen Mary. A lot of that money went missing. A yeah. lot of that money. And let's face it, anything that sits in salt water and is that age, you know that it's going to be costly. Absolutely. So it even when I'd go down into the boiler room, which was absolutely humongous, they mm -hmm. had taken out the boilers when they brought her over from England. Right. And uh, but I mean, it was just a cavernous, cavernous area. And uh, but you could see the damage even back then. And that was years, Many years ago. Right. And, and you so, were and this was for your untrained eyes. So for exactly, somebody that was. Exactly. Yeah. So, but I mean, if it's that obvious to, to somebody like me, a maritime expert is going to go in there, especially a structural engineer. Mm -hmm. They're going to go, what the heck? And that's yeah. basically what just recently happened. When right. they closed, closed the doors to the hotel, um, they brought in experts to make sure that she was. Probably they said, oh, we'll use there. this time wisely. Right, and, yeah. right. And then they realized that, to get her safe, it would cost over $20 million. Yeah. And, and that's, probably, that's probably just like to be able to open the doors if that. Exactly. And the ironic thing about it, back in 68, the city only paid $6.8 for the Queen Mary. 
It's incredible. And, <laughs> so you can see where economics has led. Sure. But that is just to make sure that he doesn't sink. Right, right, right. Of course, that, yeah. There's still another additional $20 million worth of repairs. And can you imagine if a boat like that capsizes? Oh, my God. It'd be, it'd be really heartbreaking, number one. And yeah. they would more than likely have to scrap her. Oh, of and course. But even the cost of that has got to be astronomical. Well, well and, and the loss to history. Yes, yes. Is the yes. last great liner left. Yes. And, uh, I mean, yeah, we've got the newer ones and so on. But everything aboard that ship is as it was in mm -hmm. the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Uh, yeah, and it's got a lot of history. It is. It's a piece of history that definitely needs to be taken care of. But the thing, too, is as they were going through the structural engineers, they found rooms and things like that that hadn't been opened since 68. So really? they were time capsules and machinery so and things. So, I mean, there's the Queen Mary has a lot of mysteries and yeah. a lot of... Uh, paranormal activity and oh no 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 but i think that's so interesting because you know what people sometimes assume when they see uh for example shows that they've done that that ship has been investigated from what was it everywhere and what you just said that there's many probably uh state rooms or cabins that it was mm -hmm. like we're not going to open it up we're only going to use this portion right and just leave them sealed yeah and like you said, time goes by, and there you go. It's incredible what you might find in there. Well, even like I said, when I was young, I'd go into places that I shouldn't. And there were, I remember going into the old theater. Now, they had not opened that old theater up uh -huh. for God only knows how long. But the thing was, there were old movie posters wow. that were still intact. Mm -hmm. And you think, the, the, wow. And you do, you literally step back in time when you're yes. walking these desks. Uh, it, it does have a presence to it. And the one thing about the Queen Mary, I have spoken about this on several occasions, and people have kind of confirmed it that worked on her. I believe that with all the energy that's been imprinted on her from deaths, from activities you know she was involved in the war uh mm -hmm. she uh had a, a mishap with her uh escort the curacao which was a mm -hmm. destroyer escort they called her the gray ghost right I, I i i heard that 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 was during wartime right yeah that was when she was a troop carrier she carried more troops than uh, in one run than uh which helped speed up the war in europe Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was astronomical. It was standing room only on the ship, but she was um, she was ordered never to stop because of the amount of troops. Well, her escort destroyer cut in front of her, and the Queen Mary, being faster than the Curacao, sliced her right in half, oh. and the entire crew perished. Oh, the ship God. itself sank within ten minutes. Sure. And but they could not stop, and uh, so all of those people literally died. So you've got that kind of energy, yes. And uh, so with that, but where I was going with this, when you walk aboard her, 
-hmm. you get the feeling that she's alive. Maybe not sentient, but definitely alive. So much, so many things that people, because everybody hears sometimes the famous stories or the well told, but you know how many drama, how much drama played out there? Oh, gosh. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. That good people times have no had. idea. Well, and I think that has a lot to do with the hauntings, to be yes. honest with you. Yes. Because it was, when you look at one end of it, you've got the sadness of the deaths that occurred. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, you've got all the joy that sure. was there. And I've always said, if you're a spirit and you decide to stay earthbound, would you mm-hmm. want to linger in a grave graveyard where your body is and, and reminisce? Or would you rather go to a place that you and love hang out. and hang out with yeah. possibly other people that you knew? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's one of those that I really feel that to happen. And um, it's, it's, it, she's very, she's a very odd ship. Like I said, uh, one time I stayed aboard her, and there was hardly anybody staying on, mm-hmm. on board the ship. But it was so active. You'd okay. see shadows under your door because you wouldn't hear footsteps. Okay. Um, you'd have water. And uh, I was filming one night, uh, I think the night before we, uh, I and my son left. And uh, I was going down the hallway, you know, and you're, I had my camcorder up and I'm just kind of watching where I walked instead of (laughs) really looking through the viewfinder. Mm -hmm. And when I got home, I was amazed at everything that was on that uh, video. And there was one in particular shot that I had. Now, when you're walking the corridors of the Queen Mary, uh, they slant kind of like in a, a, a bow. Okay. Uh, that's how ships are, uh, are made. And so I was walking down. I had the camera going. I was headed to the, the, uh, um, the secondary stairwell um, to go up to the boat deck. And as I walked, I didn't see anything. I just, just kept filming. Well, when I reviewed the tape, at the very end of the hallway, you see this little girl. And now I didn't see her. Like I said, I, there was, I ran into nobody okay. when I was doing this. Not a living soul, shall we mm-hmm. say. Yeah. But all of a sudden, this little girl starts walking towards me. 
The only problem was she didn't have any legs. All right. That's the, <laughs> what did you do, Chris? Well, I mean, it's again, it's like in the paranormal field. You really don't get scared until you. Until afterwards. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, holy, you know what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I assumed it was Jackie. Now, okay. remember, we were talking about Peter James. Yes, yes. Now, he would audibly talk to little Jackie okay. all the time, and she would respond. And I was thinking maybe it was Jackie. Somehow she recognized me or something. Mm-hmm. But before I, she could get to me, I walked up the steps and up onto the boat deck. Well, the other aspect of it was I wanted to get a panorama shot of her so i went down into the parking lot and i was panning back and forth along the the ship and again not seeing anything continuing to review it when i got home and you see all these people up on the boat deck and there was even a dog sitting on a bench that's incredible looked like a german shepherd so she is so filled and and they do estimate that there could be up to 800 to 1500 spirits on board yeah so then what do you think would happen if for some reason they decide not to rescue her what happens to those spirits because you know a lot of people always hmm. well and 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 this goes back to like when you tear down an alleged haunted house. Where, right. where do they go? And does the land continue to be haunted? Kind of right. like with the Titanic. What's to say that, and, and there have been investigations in the artifacts and it has activity. So do they remain with any part of that, an attachment? So to right. Speak? And you know what? You beat me to the, my next question because you, you, I'm sure you've heard of that that story that was circulating about that Eastern Airlines jet, the one that went down in the Everglades and they took some of the parts and they used them. And then they started various really credible witnesses having of the pilots that died. So it makes you wonder, you know, if they decide, well, you know what, it's too costly to, to salvage her. We'll, we'll sell what we can. And then it makes you wonder, is that going to happen if whoever gets any piece of her, gets a little extra to go with it. Right. And it very well could happen. I mean, how many times have we encountered something that has an attachment? To be honest with you, I sometimes hate to go into antique stores. Oh my God, yes. I tell everybody, you better be ready. You know, know, I tell everybody, um, you know, people leave things on the curb. Many times just trying to be generous. They, it's like, take it, you know? And sometimes I tell people, you know, if you ever get a... If you get a wonky feeling off of something, yeah. sometimes it's better just to leave it because you don't know. That might be all of uh, somebody that passed away in the house and yeah. it's in good shape and the family is just leaving it out for, you know, somebody else to use. But whoever belonged to is thinking, hey, that, that, that's mine. Wait, hold right. on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and they, they can get downright angry if you try to do something with their things. I mean, it'd yes. be like us. Wait, I love that. That wow, How can you be taking that? We sometimes forget that spirits were people too. And they're going to have the same convictions that you and I have when it comes to personal belongings or okay, so our living environment or, or whatever. And you know what? it, it, it's, 
And I'm, I'm going to interject this real quick, Chris, based on what you're yeah. just right now, what you're saying. And, you know, earlier, and, and I mean, my audience knows that I moved a few months ago and, when I, and we were talking about how much crap we have and how much stuff we want to bring with us. And believe it or not, while I was in the middle of this, that I realized, man, there's so much of the stuff that I really don't need. I said, you know what? This is probably what happens to people that pass away and become attached to certain items that you think, wow, that's so weird. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm doing it. I'm doing yeah. it when you all of a sudden you want, you know, this, and I'm thinking, you know, now I, it gives a better understanding, you know, these people that you say, Hey, they built the house or right. they lived there 20, 30, 40 years. Or in that case of the item, it was like, man, this is for you to understand that sometimes just because you transition into basically you're a ghost or whatever you want to call it, that you do, this is your thing, whatever that thing is. And uh, yeah, it's our nature. And then by this, I'm, I'm not a hoarder, you know, because some people say, are oh, you hoarding? No, I'm not a hoarder. But I'm saying, I think as humans, there's a part of us that likes the familiarity of certain objects that either they're just, it, it's like, hey, it's, this has been with me a long time or I've got good memories. And mm -hmm. I can very easily see where in the case of the Queen Mary or what we were talking about, that some of that stuff is going to be, uh, maybe have a special tie into a, a, some type of discarnate that's there. Well, and you see how collectible, especially um, oh, yes. Mary, since like, we were, like I said, she's the last of her kind. Yes. And you go on to eBay, you can find things from the Queen Mary um, from her heyday. Mm -hmm. But again, if, if God forbid anything should happen to that ship, mm -hmm. that psychic energy has got to go somewhere. And well, even what you said, I can I can just imagine I'm going to put on my uh, I'm just making money hat, you know, some investor that says, hey, you know what? I bet you that if all these cabins that we were talking about that haven't been opened that are like very accurate description, time capsules, you know how much mm -hmm. money we could get for some of this memorabilia? And yeah. it's like I could see where the. You know, you know, how sometimes people sell stuff on eBay and places like mm -hmm. that because supposedly it's haunted. And I have a feeling that if something like that happened with any of the stuff from the Queen Mary, it's like, don't advertise it, but there's a good chance you're going to get something that comes along right. with the article. Well, I'll, I'll give you a little story of something that will probably amaze you. It's not okay. very well known, but okay. enough years have already passed. Uh, when they were filming Titanic down mm -hmm. in Rosarito, Mexico, uh, they were having problems. And they were almost having poltergeist activity. Really? Now, this was nothing more than a facade. But Cameron, when he made that movie, did it so accurately, right down to the silverware. Okay. That it was, it was the Titanic reincarnated mm -hmm. in many ways. But they actually contacted us at that time and asked us to come down and find out if was it their imagination was it structural was it uh something you know somebody playing jokes well we more or less assumed since they went ahead and recreated that ship for that movie in such detail and such a tragedy of death that somehow or another the spirits that were involved with the mm -hmm. sinking of the Titanic somehow migrated okay. to that location. 
And that is one of the reasons why, instead of keeping it as is, mm-hmm. you know, like for um, uh, a basically a, a showman's sport, because it was at that time the highest grossing movie, they completely right. destroyed it. They the set? They did? That's incredible because you hear about all these great sets. How later on other movies they you know they they use them because it's like it's such a great set. Yeah. They destroyed it. They completely destroyed it, and they dumped it into a a refuge or refuse uh, facility near the town. And That's actually, incredible. people would go out and retrieve pieces oh. from the set. And uh, it, but that is something that was pretty much unheard of at that time. Now, how can this facility be haunted? They created that, that movie area, that studio area from a vacant beach. And they built it up from that. It was purposely built for the movie Titanic. And now all of a sudden. It was just too good, too perfect of an imitation. Exactly. So do spirits migrate to something similar or connected to, which could very well happen with the Queen Mary, just like we were saying. And you know what? I'm I'm going to, this is, believe it or not, this story that you told me, I've never forgotten it. It's one of my favorite stories of Ghost. And I remember you mentioned to me that one of the times you saw, because, you know, the Queen Mary is known for certain ghosts that like you said jackie mm-hmm. and others but i remember you told me something about seeing a man in a zoot suit yes yes and i have never gotten that because i said you know what this is such a great story because people sometimes think that the only um ghosts or spirits or whatever that the place are the ones that were there and sometimes mm-hmm. you do have it the other way around you get them from somewhere else that say hey man this yeah. is great this is full of uh i got a lot of company because yeah. That's such an unusual sighting. And so how can I say, um, you know, the, the time period when zoot suits were being used? Right, right. And even when you think about it, a zoot suit on a transatlantic right. travel, it just, it, 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 you're thinking kind of like 20s and flappers and things like yes. that. Yes. Men in, in, in tuxedos and, and so forth. And it, But there again, it's it's time. It's frustrating to a parapsychologist like me because I'm always (laughs) looking at the science before getting to that little chunk, golden nugget of of paranormal. And you think, all right, I'm looking at this guy. He's in a zoot suit. What's he doing? (laughs) What what the heck is he doing here? It doesn't fit in. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it just, and that's one of the things too, that so many people have run into individuals on the Queen Mary that they thought they were reenactors. Isn't that crazy when they're so solid that people think they're real? And, you know, they'll converse with them. And then you find, and that, that happened to me. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I told you this part of the story. Go ahead. Um, this was still at the same time that um, I was filming. I got the film with Jackie. And uh, I and my, my son at that time um, 
went out there and, uh, you know, we, uh, he, he'd never seen California. So I wanted him to see the Queen Mary because it was such okay. a big part of my life. And, uh, so the thing is we got in there about 11 o'clock at night and, uh, we had already, um, I had moved and, uh, so it took us a little time to drive out. And uh, so we got there at 11 o'clock. So went ahead and started to check in. And there was the, the bellman. He was standing at the, at the, the podium. And uh, really nice guy. Really, really nice guy. And uh, I kind of was asking him some questions under the cuff. You know, um, have you ever seen anything uh, right. strange? And I knew that they had closed off the swimming pool. And so he says, well, if I didn't tell you to go down the hallway and if I didn't tell you (laughs) to use the last door and open it, and if I didn't tell you to walk down three flights of stairs, (laughs) and if I didn't tell you, then go to your left and uh, go through that door, then I wouldn't have told you that that's where the swimming pool. Yeah. So That's we kind of laughed about it and so on. And so uh, he brought up the, the, um, our luggage. And uh, so f- sure enough, and that was a weird thing too, because we went ahead, followed his directions, got into the swimming pool area, and the door that we used was unlocked. So that was the only d- door there. And so we're looking around. In fact, the funny thing about it is I came across a security video of, really? <laughs> of us sneaking around in the oh, pool. Oh, you're area. kidding. <laughs> so I went, oh, my gosh. And there I am, and I'm sneaking around That's in funny. the pool area with my boy. <laughs> and, uh, but so anyway, then we went, we're leaving, and the door had locked. Oh, and God. I went, oh, no, we're locked in here. And I thought, oh, boy, we're going to get thrown in jail or something. and it it was i was picking up on all sorts of things i mean that pool really is something else and so we finally i heard a click at the other end and we went up to find it and there was a door that was partially open so and it was a different door so whoever it was in there opened the door to let us out. So getting back to the story about the Bellman. So we went ahead next day and uh, we're checking out. And I started talking to the two bell, uh, Bellman there. And uh, I said, would you please tell the, the nice gentleman that was working last night? Thank you very much. He was very helpful in, uh, you know, giving us some history on the Queen Mary. (laughs) And uh, they said, oh, uh, well, can you describe him to us so we know which person it is? And so I proceeded to start to describe this this individual. And the two bellmen look at each other and they got this really puzzled look on their faces. And they said, sir, we don't have anybody that looks like that. And I said, oh, good joke. Yeah. He says, no. And we both have worked here for 10 years. Oh, wow. So they knew everybody there. 
They knew everybody. So who was the bellman? That's incredible. This, and it, even to this day, it kind of gives me the shivers because even his uniform was different right, but than you were what just, they were wearing. It was, it you know what, what? You know that thing you see what you expect to see? Yeah. So it's like. Exactly. That so is such I a mean, great story, Chris. The Queen Mary, I love the Queen Mary dearly. And uh, it, it's, again, very, very sad to hear. It's like your grandma. You hate to see her get old. Oh. And that's how I feel about the Queen Mary. She's, she's a beautiful ship. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, with 24 7 support and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And, and, and to see her not being taken care of. And thank God I'm not the only one because there are private groups that are really trying to, to find the money to, to get her back into shape and maintain that yeah, uh, because I would, I would recommend if, if people don't mind things that go bump in the night mm -hmm. and, and so on, definitely take advantage. You want a real paranormal experience when it's she opens up, to take a trip out to the Queen Mary. You can go to the Stanley hotel. You can go to all these other notoriously haunted locations, but you also hear, oh, nothing ever happened to me. Believe yes. me. You will not. Be, every time I was aboard that ship, there was always something. That's, that's one thing I've heard, that, that over there, it's not like, well, if you're lucky, you know, you might have uh, something minimal if you're lucky. And from what I've heard yeah. of the Queen Mary, just about everybody had something yeah. that they couldn't explain. If, if it wasn't, I know some people had an actual sighting, but others were like, Weird stuff happened, like really weird stuff. Yeah. Well, that and is... it's, it, it falls into that category, like I said. You, you really, I would rather have those souls that had enjoyed life aboard the Queen Mary there mm -hmm. than have her be in bits and pieces sure. like the Titanic. And I'm hoping that, that they're going to rescue her and some investor or investors are going to come along and see the potential there. It's like, okay, we'll, we'll invest in uh, making her safe. And then let me tell you something. Um, that, that sounds like I could see where so much money could be made from her, you know, beyond what I'm sure they've made so far. But of yeah. course I'm not, I'm not a, <laughs> I don't know about that as far as the, you know, the, that industry, but you would think that, that that's a, it's a great draw. I hope, I hope, I really do hope, based on what you're telling me, that they, they do something to salvage her, even if it's little by little, or keep her afloat. Well, but, um, Chris, you also so, said, and which is, you know, my audience will 
find out, like I found out that you moved away from uh, California. Now you're in Colorado. Yeah. And then you had started telling me that, which by the way, I know because of other, uh, some of the articles I've written and blogs and stuff that Colorado also has a very haunted history. Oh, very much so. Um, all across uh, the spectrum for paranormal activity, I think Colorado is one of the leaders. Uh, you have a high amount of UFO sightings. You have cryptid sightings. You have yes. hauntings in general. And uh, in fact, with uh, our organization, uh, Anubis Paranormal Research Organization, or APRO as we call it, uh, for the first time. Now, when I was a ranger, the way this all came about um, was every time I would go to a park and work in a park, a lot of them were historical parks. Mm -hmm. And so they found out that I had a, de a definitive interest in the paranormal. So they, okay. when something would happen, they would ask me to go in and check it out. And mm -hmm. so I would start a chapter of APRO uh, at that particular area. So we've got one in Los Angeles or Long Beach. And then we have one in Austin, Texas, uh, one down in uh, Fort Lauderdale, which is, was down by your neighborhood, yes. uh, one in Omaha. But when I came back to Colorado, we actually uh, created two chapters, one here on the uh, West End, which is Grand Junction, and Denver. So we split the Rocky Mountains. You know, One mm -hmm. would take one side and, and they would take the other because of the amount of activity. And uh, it, even when... I was in the park service. I was always called in to investigate. They, they, my reputation had kind of gotten off the ground. Oh, you've got something weird. Call this ranger. In fact, I was starting to be called Ranger Mulder uh, <laughs> as my nickname because I would go in and investigate very okay. odd, you know, like the missing 411. Yes. I, I've been a part of that. Uh, you know, other cryptid sightings that they couldn't explain, very strange UFO phenomena, and 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 so so forth. But yes, we uh, I decided now in, in in my years to come back to Colorado and work mm -hmm. out of this location. But we're even getting interest of starting a, a chapter in England. Um, okay, quite a few after the pandemic rises. Uh, mm -hmm. we've got a few people. So we're, we're becoming quite a, a renowned agency or organization, I should say. And I'm very proud of that. Wow. But at the same time, we're the only thing that we would do probably differently than most is we look at the science first. Always try and find sure. an answer before, like I said, you get to that little nugget of gold. But... Uh, because in most cases, you can find an explanation as to why or what. Now, every now and then, even with myself, you kind of go, what is going on? Exactly. Exactly. And, and I tell everybody, being a, a paranormal investigator, sometimes your, your threshold, you're a skeptic. And the threshold is very high for you to actually say there's something here. Because yeah. people think sometimes paranormal investigators just believe everything. Oh, it's not, that's not right. the case at all. And, and there have been some that oh, yeah, jump sure. to that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not bad-mouthing any, any group. But I know what I, you mean, I, will, but... I will bad-mouth those groups that go in that don't know what they're doing. Sure. 
that's dangerous. I mean, extremely dangerous, not only to them psychologically, but also physically. I, a couple of years back, there was a couple that were doing it more as a hobby and they had earphones on and they were on a railroad trestle. I know. Yeah, they didn't I heard hear the train come and they were killed. And uh, so the psychological effect. Wasn't uh, that, I believe that, um, if I remember correctly, I think, um, you know, it was in that area, you know, the legend of the goat man, that there's uh, there's supposedly the goat man is seen close to the trestles of the, probably they were out yeah. there, these legend trippers. And yes, people don't realize, people think, well, how could you not hear the train coming? People don't realize that by the time you hear it, the train is on top of you. Well, exactly. Uh, there is a very finite time frame to get out of a train's way. And if mm -hmm. you're in the middle of this thing and it's 700, 800 yards to the end, you're, you're never going to make it unless you jump. And, sure. But if you're so, you got earphones on mm -hmm. and you're focused, you're, you're going to miss it. Yes. And so mm -hmm. again, there, you should always have somebody being an observer. Uh, you should always have somebody I, I've never believed in, in an investigation where there was a single individual going out or doing, oh, you go over here, Tommy, you go over here, you know, Becky, right. you go over there. Uh, always two, always two. One to watch, to make sure you don't trip over and break, break your neck. And also yeah. a credible witness to what you may have sure. witnessed. And, uh, but again, there's the hobbyists. And mm -hmm. then there is the specialist. I will not say the professional because you cannot be a professional in this because uh, there's so many unanswered questions. How could you be? Sure. But there are experienced teams. Yes. And those, I would say our group is an experienced team. We've got really good people. I've got about 60 uh, total investigators across the board and they're very dedicated at what they do. Yes, and, 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 and you know what? And it requires, I think a lot of people don't realize because they get misled by the reality shows that you have to have a lot of patience also. Oh, absolutely. What you see on television in 45 oh. minutes is not what you... Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> believe they me, condense I it, the you know, they cut out, they've got production crews in the back that do all the, 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 the boring stuff, you know, what you call it. Right. Uh, right. So, yeah, and a lot of people, and I tell people, you know, sometimes because of, I've had questions like, Oh, they want to join a, a paranormal team. And I said, well, number one, look for somebody that's been around for a while. And, you know, and I said, because most teams, sometimes they dissolve very shortly, like within the first two years, because when they realize that when they want these investigations, hey, it's not like I saw on that show. Sometimes you're like, you know, <laughs> it's like yeah. that has happened with me. I got, I'm just as guilty. I have. <laughs> I'd be sitting there. You're in the dark. You're sitting waiting yeah, exactly. for Tommy the ghost to come in and speak to you, and you you nod off. You right, and, 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 and or and yeah. that or your client, uh, because they work Monday through Friday, will only give you. Let's say we're talking here at residence, will only give you access, or if it's a, a you know restaurant after hours on a weekend. You tell somebody, these. By the way, on the weekend, you you mean the 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 weekend that I thought? Yeah, if you, that's what investigation calls for. Because yeah. if it's a private residence, families don't let you there till it's the weekend. You know, maybe they want to get their kids out of the house if that's the case. Or if it's a restaurant, hey, we'll close down for one night so you can. And let me tell you something. The love affair with becoming a paranormal investigator takes up. 
they just like, ah, no, it was like this. So oh, I, I've I told people, I said, you know, look for a group that's been around for a while to, right. you know, because that usually is uh, the, the first thing you're looking for that they, they've gelled. Yes. And that's and, what uh, a good team is. Mm -hmm. One that you know and can work with. Uh, there's a lot. Of, and unfortunately, para-unity. Right. I would love to see para-unity, mm. but it's never going to happen. I think too many egos in the way. Exactly. Exactly. Unfortunately, um, it is. Yeah, I know. And it's a shame because there have been a few of us that have really tried to create an organization made up of different groups in order to uh, put in evidence, you know, a, a, right. a, a depot of, of actual credible scientific evidence that could be researched, that could be looked at, and nobody wants to share anything. And right. It becomes the, the yeah, it, it's, um, how can I say, ownership or what, I don't know if you want to call it that. Or whatever, yeah, I, I understand exactly what you mean. It's the sensationalism overrides anything else versus, hey, let's do some research, some legit research. Well, and, and uh, I think, too, uh, another big problem is our TV shows that we have out there. Yes. Not naming t I know who they are, but mm -hmm. there are two big ones, and I'm sure you know which ones I'm talking yes. about. Yes, yes. Um, one went away and is now back. Mm -hmm. But if you started watching either of those shows, they started from the most humblest beginnings. Yes. Their equipment was minute at best. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't have flashy vehicles. Well, now they have buses and vehicles <laughs> and equipment it's like and yeah i know making, it's like you've got a caravan <laughs> yeah and, and that's it, that's if you money. see it a lot of times a lot of that yeah. is behind the scenes as far as how much equipment is actually transported and set up and um personally i think that a lot of times what has, ends up happening is that some of the stuff for lack of a better word is more for show than for actual research um and it takes away from the actual investigation. Yeah. So. Well, I always say I would never pull up with marked vehicles in an no. investigation, especially a private investigation. I love, I, I love that you're bringing that up, Chris. I, because every neighbor that, <laughs> in, the, in the neighborhoods go, look, over there, look, you know, they're, they're yes. ghost, ghostbusters. Right. Are over, and that's right. going to cause more trauma. To yes. that individual who really has a problem, so you don't want to. That, draw I am so that. glad you're pointing that out because I've pointed. I said, <laughs> contrary to what you think, they because you see this in the shows, a good yeah. portion of the private clients that contact you, the last thing they want is for you to drive up, just like what you said, have a boatload of people spill out and equipment. And, hey, bring the camera, and you know and the neighbors are like, huh? You know, they're like, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. You know, because. They're wigged out as it is, and maybe you might have been the last. It's like, I, I don't know what else to think of. Please help me. Yeah. But they well, don't want anybody, especially <laughs> their next-door neighbors. Oh, Lord, no. But, you know, it also works on the opposite side of the coin. Oh, yeah, I know. I and my I team have gone up, knocked yeah. on the door. I've got a, 
a few members of my team with me because we do preliminary interviews almost sure to yeah the point mm-hmm. where it's a psychological and then we do a walkthrough and then we'll actually do an investigation so this one particular time we showed up and uh one of my guys had a camera and then i had my assistant with me and uh knock on the door uh, door opens up i introduce myself and, and my team members and all of this time, the, the couple that own the, the property keep kind of looking over my shoulder. And yeah, it's like, why aren't you looking at me in the face? And I got the and, ghost behind uh, me. Yeah. And so, well, no, what was I wrong? I know, I know. Because you, you I, I, I know where you're going with this. But keep going. This yeah, yeah. is great. This is great. This is, by the way, whoever's listening to this, this is the real paranormal research which he's describing right here. So they're looking and I said, is, is there a problem? And they said, well, where's the cameras? There and I go. said, well, I've, I've got, I've got my, my cameraman right here. No, no, the film crew. And I said, <laughs> we, don't, we don't have a film crew. And they slammed I, the door in my face. Yes. So <laughs> sometimes you just look at each other and just shake your head because there's those that do want the publicity. Oh, let and me tell you something. You're going to get something out of it. One time I went to an investigation. And it was, um, this was in South Florida. I want to say it was like up in West Palm Beach. Anyway, it was, uh, the, the family lived in a, it's, it's one of these new neighborhoods, nice new neighborhood. It was a brand new house. The family, especially the wife is saying how they're getting messages and stuff being written like in soap or foam on the bathroom mirrors. And there had been, somebody had gone in and I, I kind of filled in for some, you know, like, hey, we're ready to go to the next step. And, um, I went in with a photographer because we wanted just to go in there and take, you know, talk, you know, have another set of people talk to the lady and, um, and take some pictures. And, and, you know, of course she's showing us where she had had these messages written on the mirrors and this and that. And we're like, and all this time I'm like, man, I, I, after a while, and, and I'm sure you understand, Chris, sometimes there's something that, you know, there's something here. You know, oh, yeah. sometimes you oh, get yeah. the, you know, it's like, I, I don't need a, I don't need a, a piece of equipment to tell me, you know, that I call it the tingalingaling, you know, I was like, yeah. hey, all right. But I'm like, man, and I'm, but at the same time, I know sometimes supernatural is not on demand. You go, there's no tingalingaling because the ghost has gone and hit up in the attic because, hey, it's like, oh, but anyway, I'm like, okay. Bottom line, she goes, oh, I want to show you some pictures. I said, great. What pictures do you want to show me? This, by the way, folks, this is before digitals. This is what people would develop. You remember when people would get red eye, you know, when people would snap yes. pictures of red eye? Oh, Finally, I caught on that she's trying to say how she's kind of psychic and she's showing me pictures of herself. You know, when people look up and you have the red eye, you know, if, when you look at it, it's kind of scary looking, but you know, it's the reflection of the flash. You know, she's showing me these pictures of herself with red eye. And I'm like looking at the picture. She goes, yeah, and that's me looking up and see how my eyes are. And I'm like, yeah, but that's red eye. That's from the flash. Bottom line, make a long story short, she's trying to propel this thing around to where there's a haunting and she might be getting, she's a psychic, but she's also getting possessed. And then that's why she has these red glinting eyes when she's taking the photograph. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? It was like, oh, I, oh, this is not, this is oh. very, uh, and then, you know, my grandmother, she used to be a, all of a sudden and from the old country. And I was like, that's great. But just because you get red eye in the camera, you know, in a picture, 
doesn't mean you're on the verge of being possessed. It was like one of those things, like I looked at the photographer and he looked at me and he was an investigator. He was on the team, but right. his thing was he was going and he had some really nice equipment, cameras, yeah. 35 millimeters, again, before digital. And <laughs> you, you could tell me and him do it one of because we had worked before. We looked at each other like, yeah, it's like to leave now. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was I, something along those lines where the, the intent of bringing in investigators is not really to investigate. It's to serve the purpose of whatever it is. Like what you said, they're looking for the cameras. And uh, it's like, okay, this is a waste of time. Even if there were, might've been something there. Oh, yeah. um, it was like, man, your credibility just went. Psh. Exactly. And yeah. that's one of the, I hate to say it. They kind of think you're like stupid or something. Yeah. And it takes a lot to, to do what we do. And we learn yes. a lot uh, yes. about. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. The psychology of certain people. And it's, there's, if you're getting red flags, then you know that yeah. this is not a legitimate situation. And you are absolutely correct when saying um, about walking into a place the well, I was going to say the hairs on the yeah, back yeah. There's something that just in like my case. <laughs> yeah, right, right, no, no, no. But I know everybody's got. But there, after a while, you learn what you you know. You right. know, it's like okay, this is not because their AC is down low. There's something here. There, yeah. It's 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 you know you learn to trust it, but that only comes, I think, with uh, field experience. After you go after investigation, after investigation, after investigation, and after a while, you realize. This is like, okay. And then there's some that just, when you're coming up to the place, you're already like, ah, okay. Yeah, whatever's here is either they're checking us out as soon as you get out of your vehicle. Right. Okay. Um, well, and I, I think we become more sensitive. Yeah, you do. You do. You, you fine tune it. You fine tune it. Exactly. Fine tune like it. And, yeah, but yeah. I tell everybody for all those would be paranormal investigators, reading a book doesn't cut it. Eventually you have to go out there and do the field work. You have to go on boring investigations that you're like, Oh my God. It, and that's how you basically really truly learn how to do paranormal research. Oh, because then you, a- you come across the, the situations where you're like, Holy what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's, part of the problem why so many groups fail is because they're again they're it takes like i said special people like you mm-hmm. and i and and quite a few others but there's something about us that yeah. is in tune with the paranormal world yes. and i i started having incidences when i was 8 years old right and it has followed me all my life. So it's a part right. of my life. And uh, ironically, that's what I would always say about my park ranger work is I walk on a fence. I can, 
do uh, police for, uh, forensics mm -hmm. and investigation with my law enforcement training. And right. then I can switch modes and go into the parapsychologist mode. Yes, exactly. And, and, so and, and one's not exclusive of the other because you also get the people that think, oh, you're into that. Oh, you're real woo-woo. You're not, you know, you can't be analytical. You don't, you know, which is what they rethink of as research. You know, you're going to look at everything and you're going to take it at face value. And it's like, not really. Believe it or not, my standards are really high. And if some type exactly. of proof is questionable, it might even be real. But for me, if it's questionable, it's like, okay, we're not going to use it because that's not clear-cut evidence. Whether it's yeah. an EVP or a photograph or whatever it is, you know, exactly. we're going to, we're, if it doesn't pass this threshold, then it cannot be used. Yeah. Well, and, you, look uh, at, you look at some of the things that are like on Facebook, mm -hmm. you know, oh, what do you guys see here? And <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm go, go, go ahead because I know you're going. <laughs> it's always a blurry picture and it's like, I see, I think a tree, but yes. they want you to see things that aren't there. Of course, yes, uh, know. you know, matrixing and the whole nine yards, or it's like with the EVPs. I always love when they're doing an EVP and then they tell you what it says or what they assume it says. And then right. you hear it. Of it's, course. it's leading. It's too leading. And yes, it's it, like, we can't. Yeah. Don't you see the woman's face in the curtain? Yes. Or every, <laughs> every orb is a ghost. Yeah, and, exactly. Did you see the you know, eyes inside the orb? No. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, now there, I do. <laughs> yeah, there's a face in there. Or the ones that have taken a, a picture in the rain and go, look at all the orbs. And I'm going, holy cow, and these people yes. are believing this. Let me tell you something. I tell people, I hate to say, once upon a time, orbs were considered. And I'm not discounting it. But right now, as far as anybody that's in this field, orbs are like, zero when it comes to any type of paranormal proof sorry it's i, I think um, that it was overused and they forget it forget it could be so many things dust particles you name it it's like oh, if, if and it's really funny because when you look at some of these older shows from the 1990s there's, there's orbs and they like <laughs> and now you realize like oh yeah okay not anymore they they they, they overused it and um they forgot to include how many things produce that on a film or in a photograph yeah, but yes, I have to laugh when you were gonna say that thing about the, 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 the that people, they, you know, they tell you that the EVP. Did you hear it says get out? And you're like, yeah. did? <laughs> I thought it said when's lunch. I don't know what's so going on. Like, rrr, 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 rrr. Yeah, the, the, yeah, it says get out. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know. That's all these things. Is like, it's yeah, or class. This is a class A EVP. Okay, let's now hear that it. you can't argue with because it's right. very distinctive, a class A. Yes. But you got a class C and you're absolutely blah, 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 blah. But you got to call it a class C. You can't call it. it a class A. Okay, no. when you have to tell somebody what it says, it's not yeah. a class A. It's no. not. No. You know, people could differentiate a little bit, but they should be able, they should hear it without you telling what it is. And you kind of realize, yeah, that is exactly what I heard. Okay. But... <laughs> Yeah, that, that that's a whole different – but uh, let me ask you something, Chris. That thing about Colorado, one of the things I noticed because um, I did a, a book uh, about three or four years ago about, you know, uh, about the Old West and part of the things that I looked at was a lot of these mining camps, in, a lot in Colorado, Cripple Creek, and people don't realize that 
Um, you know, because everybody thinks of, you know, the 1849 gold rush out to California, but they don't realize that there was a lot of uh, gold camps, you know, uh, those in, in all over Colorado. And the reason why I bring this up is that whenever you would have these mining camps and then the towns, there was a lot of violence and claim jumping yep. and the recipe for intelligent hauntings. Well, ironically, you should say that because when I told you that uh, I got started at an early age, mm -hmm. um, I, uh, I was born in Texas and my, my dad, he was in the railroad and uh, mining industry. So they built trestle, train trestles through these different areas. He was stationed in Leadville. They moved him to Leadville. Okay. And if a, a lot of people may associate that with Molly Brown because that's where mm -hmm. uh, Molly and JJ had their mind. Um, mm -hmm. But Leadville is the highest incorporated city in the United States at 10,400 feet. And wow. so it's pretty, pretty much up there. But when I was little, like I said, I probably was about eight, seven or eight at the time. Uh, one evening, it was about maybe two or three in the morning, I woke up. And I saw whom I thought was my father standing in my doorway. And he was a big, burly man, but I, I couldn't see any details. He was just black. And again, being that age, I didn't think anything of it. And uh, so I kept talking to him, no response. And I said, boo, daddy, boo. And then he finally walked off. And so I thought he was going back to, his, to the bedroom. Next morning, I said, Daddy, why didn't, why didn't you talk to me last night when you were standing in the door? He says, I wasn't standing in your doorway. And I proceeded to tell him. And he says, oh, you were just dreaming. And the next night, the individual was back again, but this time with another person, a much thinner person. And they just stared at me. We lived right up against an old mine. Oh, and so years later, I kind of put two and two together, and they were probably dead miners because, of course, back in the 1800s, and all that area where we lived was spotted and, and with old mines from the 1800s. And yeah, but I was about to ask you, did you know the history of the house? But now that you mentioned yeah, that you were up that. against a mine. Yeah. Oh. And so we were literally, you know, there could have been a mine shaft underneath and there was a lot of strange things that happened during our time living there and uh in fact we i always thought it was just a, a hill when i was little but it was the tailings that were right there wow. and they had just you know just made the made the deals leveled them off and uh but that was constant there was always like i said something going on in leadville and leadville has so many of the original 1800 buildings and, and, and so on. And, uh, but I even had, now, I don't know to this day if I could say it was an abduction. Okay. But uh, again, right around that same age, maybe nine years old, uh, I woke up and I saw blue light out in the, the front of our house. Uh, well, it was in the hallway. It was really 
really bright. And I thought, what is that? And I got up and we had windows right up in where our kitchen was. And so I went up and the one thing that makes me know that it wasn't a dream was I put my head, my forehead against the window because there, it was kind of a drop down to the street. It was like two, two levels. And mm -hmm. I put my head and I could feel the ice cold wow. on my forehead. And when I looked down, what I saw was what I thought was a big owl. But in reality, it was maybe three or four feet. And it just hmm. stared at me. And then all of a sudden, I was blacked out. And, and this was, he was on the other side of the window? He was, on, yeah, he was down in the street looking up at me okay. in the window. And it was just the thing that got me was the intense black eyes. Oh. And then, like I said, I just kind of winked out and then woke up the next morning in my bed. Now, was I dreaming? I could have been. That's a very unusual dream, though. It was very, very strange, especially me seeing an owl. And later on, I had heard of other people who were extremely petrified of owls because they subconsciously had going through regression or whatever mm -hmm. discovered that they were abductees. Right. Right. So our, you know, does our mind try and cope with something? Sure. That yes, it does. It does. We try desperately I, to keep on to our sanity, even if it means exactly. making up stories. Yeah. Now I never had, have had anything else like that happen to me, at least not that I'm aware of, but it's something that you never forget. And like I said, it was those piercing black eyes more than anything else. So it's Colorado is, I used to see things in the night sky when I was little. Now, even here in Grand Junction, I've seen probably my, my fair share of UFOs. And really, we are not that far from Skinwalker Ranch. Really? I, you know what? You bring that up. And I mean, I had, I, I've been watching the show, which I think is fascinating. I mean, I had read from before, like from the 90s when the other owner had it. I mean, you know, after the family, the Sherman family had it and they passed it and, you know, they had mm -hmm. a team on there. And I, I had followed because, God, when you read about some of the things that happened there, they're like, is there anything else that can happen here? It's like, you know, you name it, UFOs, uh, cryptids, uh, cattle mutilation. It's like, and now I've been following the show and it's incredible um, what, what they're finding there. And, um, and to be honest with you, I like, I personally do like that they have a very scientific approach. Right. You know, when they're doing whatever they're doing there. Um, and, uh, it makes you wonder, you know, is there something maybe in that area when I mean larger, like what you said, Colorado, let me ask him, Chris, because I know you were, um, you, you were in parks and in forests or whatever. Did you ever see a correlation between UFOs and, you know, parks or things like that? Because 
it makes me wonder sometimes, even with that 411, where you hear about people going missing, and you know, it's always been an open-ended question. What what's happened to these people? You know, it it is. There have been cases that I had been assigned to mm -hmm. that you literally walk up and go, "What the hell happened?" Now, again, when you're being trained as a ranger, especially in law enforcement, you learn to look for certain clues. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll give you one story here as an example. Sure. Uh, it was winter. And uh, usually the campgrounds are closed or not in very big use. And there was this one particular family. They had a pretty good RV set up. And they were going to stay a couple of days in the park. So it was probably two days after their, their stay. They, uh, they said they had gone outside and there were lights flashing up in the sky. And they had started to watch them. Okay. And they were dancing all over and very bright. And uh, the family just didn't know what to think of it, but they kind of got a little scared. And with the exception of the son, the son was fascinated by it. And it was a mother and a father and a daughter and then the son, the boy. And he was about 15 years old. So they all went back inside telling him, you know, come on, let's get back in. Well, he decided to stay outside for a little bit longer. So finally he goes, comes back in and said that the lights had gone, gone off over the horizon. And uh, didn't think anything more about it. Well, the next morning, they woke up and uh, the son, they thought, had not gotten up yet. Finally, the mother went in to get him to have serve him breakfast and he wasn't there. So they started looking around for him and they saw footprints leading off. And they were concerned, so they went ahead and they got contacted the, the ranger station and I was working that day and uh, so we went out we started looking around and they told him told me about the, the situation with the dancing lights and there had been a fresh snowfall that night so everything was just just perfect no indentations no footprints no nothing except for what looked like the boys leading from the camp out to this meadow. And one of the things that they teach you when you're, when you're tracking somebody is when people walk normally and they're not thinking about it, it's just natural aspect of walking. You always go heel to toe, heel to toe. So your indication, your indicator is going to be that your heel is going to be much more into that environment, be it mud, be it snow, uh, or even dirt in general. So you're going to have more of an imprint than the, than the toe area. Now, there was only one set of tracks that went out. Now, if he had been trying to do a practical joke or, or something along those lines and tried to retrace his step, then he would have gone toe to heel. The complete right. opposite. So the the indent the indentations would have been flat, and it was not that at all. It was heel to toe. So we went ahead, but it, they just disappeared. They just stopped, and it was like, well, what the heck? 
your brain starts racing 10 million mm-hmm. miles an hour trying to find a logical explanation for what you're looking at. And so we went ahead, we contacted the local sheriff's department to help us do a search and rescue, even though we wouldn't even know what direction he went in if there had been indicators. And how old was the kid? He was 15. He was 15. So, yeah, so he, I mean, we really, we tore the county up looking to see what could have possibly happened. And I'm doing my... We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks thinking and the road is leading more and more down the paranormal rabbit hole. Because first off, they see strange lights in the sky. Uh, Then the next thing, their son is missing. Now, you don't go out and say, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, I'm sorry to say this, but we think (laughs) your son has been abducted by aliens. Yeah, that doesn't go very very well with that. No, no, I can see how that would be like, okay, get him out of here. Yeah, Yeah, so, I mean, again, lock this ranger up. He's, but uh, we kept searching. Now, three days later, they get a phone call on their cell phone. And they answer it, and it's the boy. And he says, Mom, Dad, I'm, I'm at, a, at, at this house, and they're letting me use the phone, but I don't know where I'm at. And so they got on the phone with the owners, found out where the boy was. Well, it turns out he was 60 miles away from the park. Now, the interesting part about it was he thought it was the next morning. So lost time. Lost time. So you look at, again, two plus two Mm kind of leads down that road to an abduction. And he never, he couldn't remember. All he remembered was what, just I got up and I'm. He was, yeah, he was in a field. He was in, in a, a field. snow field. And he, he says, I remember walking out in the field. The lights came back, and I could see him through the window of the, of the RV. Mm-hmm. And so I went out to look at him again, and I wanted to get a better look. Sure. So he walks out into this field. and that well, Thankfully, he was found alive because you hear a lot of these stories. The ending is not that good if well, they're found. Not, well, this is, uh, again, one of those situations now, Yosemite uh, oh, National Park, yeah. I was 
is one of the leading areas for missing for people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been on other talk shows too that I've told these stories about. Uh, there's more in the forests and the, and the parks than we know of. Oh, and sure. people would probably stop going if they knew the extent of what we do. And the problem is the National Park Service and the federal government do not want it known that we're losing people in the parks. And you know what? And, 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 and this is the thing, you know, for all these people that have experiences, it's people like yourself that are there continuously, in other words, that this is their job, right. that actually come across the, the, the genuine lost person. People do get mm-hmm. lost without any paranormal or weird stuff or they want to get lost i'm sure you've heard of people that are suicidal and they decide to and then you come across these other ones let me ask something chris just i'm out of i'm curious because i've you know you know how you hear all these things all these people there is there any amount of people that go out into these parks and live there like in other words off the grid and I'm, I'm, this is the wrong way i don't mean off the grid like people that are maybe homeless and they basically they end up living in there there are, but normally they will stay close to civilization. By really okay. looking for food mm-hmm. or trash dumpster room. Right, okay. Or looking for, for something. They will do it. You get sometimes the environmentalist or eco-warrior that wants to right. go back to the days but those are very very far and few in between yeah no i'm not talking i'm not, I, i'm talking sometimes people even that might even be suffering perhaps even from mental illness and they end up out there and mostly almost like exactly what you're describing scrounging around i'm thinking man is there like a score of these people out there and they're just they basically are just living out like you said maybe living out of uh, dumpsters and maybe because they end up doing stuff that they shouldn't you know with you know they come across a somebody a hiker you know you hear these people going out for hikes and then that's it they're gone oh there um, are definitely definitely individuals out there a, a big one is the uh, pot growers um, i have heard of that and they'll grow on federal land because then their personal assets cannot be taken from them because it's I didn't know that. I did yeah. not know that. And that's so a that's good incentive. Uh huh. So if they lose their their um, <laughs> their their, their farmland, I don't know whatever you want to call uh, it. <laughs> well, I was on one of those raids where we did go ahead and confiscate. I mean, bushels and bushels. Uh-huh. We well, the thing is, we have to destroy it. And so yes, you've got these yeah. helicopters coming in, and and dropping, you know, if they're from a distance, then you have to set stuff on fire. Yes. You've never seen a bunch more happier park rangers <laughs> in your entire life. It's so, like it's all good. Uh, hey, anybody hungry? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Who's got the s'mores? Yeah, I know, right, exactly. But, <laughs> but it, it, it is but, people will will try to hide some of their more heinous things in the woods and try to get you off know the what? I, I had heard up in northern california what they call that emerald triangle that they mm-hmm. said that i i had heard and this is just me you know hearing things and it that even some of the people that they would take to work up on these farms sometimes they disappear themselves because they're transients or they you know they just end up there and 
they're out there just to make money, but sometimes these people know there's nobody going to come looking for you if something happens. And they kind of well, like do away with them. You can. Now, for instance, here's a, here's a case that still bothers me to this day. And uh, it was a, a family that, again, Yosemite, it, Yosemite is a hotbed for missing mm -hmm. people. I think it's the leader right now. Uh, it was very active when, when I was there for uh, about a year. And the thing was that it was a family. They had a little boy with them. And they're walking down the trail. And uh, all talking, you know, parents being the parents and, and other kids up front and their little son was tagging along behind them. Well, they were just talking to the mother was just turned around, said something to the little boy, turned back. And then she turned back around again to tell, you know, why don't you get up here in the front with brothers and sisters? He was gone. See, that's, that's, those are the stories that you hear that you're like, what is going on? No sound of a struggle. No signs of a struggle. Mm -hmm. Just was not there. He literally disappeared. And with an animal attack, because everybody says, well, that's cougar country. Yeah, but you're going to hear a cougar come. And they're going to yeah. make it, their paws are going to make a thumping sound when they're starting to attack. Mm -hmm. And of course, they're going to scream, and yeah. whoever's being attacked is going to scream. Sure, nothing, and you you sometimes never find the the end result. It's just in limbo. Uh, there was another case, actually. Well, let me ask you: though, Was that child ever found? Uh, the other children were were still up front, but nobody saw anything from that that point. And the child um, was not found? He, he was never found. No. He was never found. Oh, my and God. Yeah. And this is the thing. You do a search anyway. And right, right, right. Of course. And, and an immediate, a, a child mm -hmm. is an immediate. You know, you call right. everybody in to try to find it. And uh, the, the you can go and do, uh, well, they call them quad patterns. You'll mm -hmm. scope off a section. You'll have a person breast to breast, or, or I should say side to side, and you'll comb those those areas, and then you'll move on to the next. And in a lot of cases, you'll do that, and then a week or three days or a couple hours later, you go back, and there's evidence of somebody I've there. heard of that, that they're saying there's no way we would have overlooked this exactly through the first walkthrough. There's exactly. no way. And so that happens. Uh, another case, unfortunately, was another little boy. Now, to this, I mean, they sound incredible, but they're very well documented. And mm -hmm. this in particular case, father and a son going out fishing. And they were just by this little creek. And this actually happened here in Colorado. And uh, the little boy, being who he was, was running up ahead, went around a bend. Um, now, the creek was off to the right. The bend or the trail was right there. And, and uh, the father goes around the bend. No son. 
and he becomes panicked and starts calling out to him, no answer. And finally he calls 911, says what's happened, and everybody's called out. You know, again, on a child, you definitely get everybody out there. Sure. Now, no signs of struggle. No signs. And he was within feet of his son when Mm -hmm. this happened. And had somebody come up behind this this child, grabbed him, there would have been at least muffled cries or Mm -hmm. some kind of struggle. But again, there was nothing there. We investigated the situation because then, again, your law enforcement comes into play. Could the father have been involved in something not so good? And his record, you know, no, he loved his boy dearly. They found the boy's clothes neatly folded six and a half miles up the side of a mountain. Oh, that's like, and, that, that, there's no way that that kid could have gotten up there, I take it. No, and even it, it, it took hours for search and rescue to climb that mountain. And they're experienced. Right, exactly. And I mean, it would have taken literally a day to climb to the top. And here you have a father who's pretty, he was pretty heavy set. So Mm -hmm. he's not going to be climbing a mountain anytime soon. But they were nicely folded and and, uh, it just really broke your heart to see that. Uh, but I mean, it, it gets stranger all the time when you're dealing with things like this. Did they ever find the child? No. It's all just the clothes. Uh, just the clothes. Now, one of the strange thing is they always seem to find the shoes. Yeah, and this I've doesn't matter. That. Isn't that the shoes strange? are always placed together. Like you do when you, you know, you're home, you put your shoes together. And it's it's always kind of a telltale sign that it's there's something very peculiar uh, going on. Uh, in a lot of cases, they'll find shoes, and then if they're lucky enough to find a body or some mm-hmm. something like that, or even if they find the individual alive, they have mm-hmm. uh, lost or uh, uh, lost time, and it's really doesn't make a, any kind of a sense as to what is happening. And so one of the other cases that, uh, um, hold on just once. Sure. So it's uh, <laughs> um, but uh, a case that we had up at, um, Crater Lake National Park. Now, this was an individual okay. who had been experienced in going out into the woods. Always right. carried a backpack. He was a photographer. And so he told his friend who dropped him off, come back for me in three days, and I'll be right here waiting for you. And uh, so the friend did exactly that. Came back, waited, 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 no friend, no 
this guy never showed back up. So it was getting dark and he was getting concerned a little bit. He knew that uh, he was an experienced outdoorsman, but the thing was he didn't pack a lot of stuff. Right. Go okay. with him. And it that was what was causing him more concern was he didn't have enough food. And of course, being by himself. So of course he calls and I was called in, I was flown in uh, to investigate because all I got out of it was, you're never going to believe this. (laughs) What am I not going to believe? You're not going to believe it. You're going to have to see it. And I went, okay, again, Ranger Mulder to the, you know, onto his investigations. (laughs) And, uh, so I get up there and I get the, the briefing on what had happened. And all I was told was they found him. Okay, that tells me a whole lot. Thank you for letting me know that you found him. Is he alive? Is he, is he injured? Is he dead? Well, they said he's dead, but you're never going to believe this. And so they take me out. And all I heard from the, the other ranger that uh, was, was uh, that was driving me to the to the uh, um, parking area mm-hmm. was, in all the years, I've never seen anything like this. And you um, must have been thinking, what the, what am I going to see? Yeah. So you, your curiosity does peak, and so you kind of brace yourself. So we track track in. So we find his campground, and. Tent is still there. There is uh, his backpack. Now it had been rummaged through by animals. Mm-hmm. Um, there were the shoes. And I said, well, where is he? And of course I know by this time that if you're calling me in, it, it is going to be something really bizarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wouldn't, you know, spend that kind of money to just have anybody go in. Um, so we travel a little bit more up into the hills. And literally, when we got there, I just stopped and my jaw must have dropped to the ground. There he was sitting on a bench or not a bench, but a down tree, mm-hmm. except it was only half of it. What? And that half was only his lower extremities. And it was still sitting in an upright position. So you've got the legs bent sitting, just like if you would sit mm-hmm. down anywhere, you're, the bend factors. Now the, the part, and it looked almost like, a laser cut. Right. Movie. I was going to ask you uh, to, to, in order to leave, I imagine a body like that, you can't, it, it, it would have to be a clean slice. Like, I, yeah. Blah. And that's exactly what it was. And the clothes were still on it. Now there were no feet, but the rest of him was still intact with the exception of his upper part. And we never did find the upper part of the torso. Oh, I was about to add, you beat me to the next question. Did you find the other half of them? 
Now, the, the, the strange part about it was, and, and you kind of made mention of this earlier, was there was no signs of any kind of creature feeding on him. There were no animal tracks around. Yes. Uh, and if a predator had gotten to him, they would have knocked him over. Sure. Yeah. Instead of having him sit right there like that. And yeah. it, it, of course. I did it. And that's one of those where you go back and you write your report. Cause of like, do I, unexplainable. There's no other way to put this. Right. And it's, it, it's unexplainable. You don't have the answers and you feel like you're, you're kind of doing an injustice, especially me because you can't. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. If your preferred climate is business-friendly, check out Ohio. With 0% taxes on corporate income, R&D investments, and goods sold out of state, Ohio is better for business. Because Ohio isn't built for followers. They're building for leaders. Ohioisforleaders.com Again, how do you tell your family you found somebody because they always, well, what happened to him? How did he die? Let me ask something, Chris. What, did they make an attempt to figure out how or what was used or how it was done and that's the that's the uh, other 60 million dollar question right there they um, a lot of these things a lot of these reports go by the wayside okay um that, i mean i'm thinking to myself this you know what they're going to leave this with a big question mark we found this deceased person half of him sitting on a on a log in the middle of the forest okay well, and I've said this before and some strange things. So if anything strange goes over your broadcast, it's, I had to kind of sign a, a disclosure mm -hmm. form, okay. um, a non-disclosure form, but I'm getting older and I think that, <laughs> that the people need to know what is going on in our parks, that they are not safe. And I don't know if it's by human force or something else, but right. what happens is that you go back and you will go ahead and fill out a report, a standard report. That in turn is given to your supervisor based upon what it uh, pertains to, then they'll forward it on to their supervisor or on to Washington. Mm -hmm. And what will usually happen is somewhere between the supervisor, supervisor and Washington, the report goes missing. Right. And now that's, the that's, that's, that's the thing you hear about. This is such a difficulty in getting information released. Exactly. And the national park service is the only governmental agency that has a such a vast amount of land has law enforcement personnel working for them, but has no reporting system for missing people. 
how does how can you i don't understand that because you would think just let's let's take the weird let's take the weird aspect by its very nature you would think there's people that are going to get lost by accident or on purpose it's like it's a given when you're talking right. here people that are going and you you know basically where there's predators uh they can get easily lost so you would think right. okay we need to keep an accurate track because this is going to happen you knew this was going to happen and that there would be no way of nobody it's like no let's not find out about those numbers yeah. if we don't count right. then it doesn't matter well and see that's why i i i'm i am starting to tell the story because there are so few of us that really do know mm -hmm. the ins and outs of what's happening that we i wouldn't feel good about looking in the mirror if I knew I was hiding things that could cause right. somebody's potential death. Sure. And, uh, you know, I'm, it, it, the crap that I've been through, literally, it's, it's a wonder I, 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 I'm not insane. Because it, 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 this is stuff that's made for movies in a lot of cases. Right. Sure. And uh, it's, but when you're actually physically seeing it, and you can't put a, a rational answer to it. Exactly. It does play with your brain a little bit. Sure, because it's open-ended. You never get that. I'm gonna, I, don't wanna, I don't like that word because I think it's overused, but the closure. In other words, you never get the explanation. You never understand how or what or whatever. You know. And, and I know sometimes, you know, in some cases of these missing people, sometimes they find skeletal remains, yeah. sometimes years afterwards, sometimes. Oh, yeah. But... From what I understand, a lot of these cases of these people that go missing, they never find anything, nothing. No, no. and it, it, it is like they literally drop off the earth. Right, and, and in some cases I've heard that even people that are very familiar with either hunters or outdoors, you know, people that are familiar with going out, that you would think no better, you know, if they get lost. Yeah, in other words, they, they're, they're not like somebody, oh, I just walked off and all of a sudden everything looks the same. Yeah. And they, they just, like you said, the earth swallows them up. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think, you know, how can I tell you if you, I'm sure, well, obviously the, the numbers have been crunched. The odds of, on it are astronomical. That it's like, okay, what? So everybody gets lost. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, the, the now uh, granted, there are people that do go out there and get lost. Oh, yeah. and of course we find them. Um, mm -hmm. and, but those are the unexperienced and, uh, sure. also a lot of these people that are being, uh, I can't say abducted. I don't know what it is, so I can't really. Yeah, exactly. It. It's like, what, what? But they, they are experienced people, people that have been doing this for years and years. Mm -hmm. They know what they're getting themselves into. And a lot of the non-experienced will only stay to the trails. Right. Uh, the established trail system where hundreds of people walk a day. So mm -hmm. if, if it just, I, every, I used to always laugh because I was expecting to hear the twilight zone theme. Well, so you know, what is it now that they say, make sure you're not the last one in line because yeah. I hear that you're like, though, that's like that. That's one of the, that usually might get, yeah. like you said, you know, you go around a bend on the trail and, Next thing you know, you're the last one in line, and but the person back there is, and and um, and I know from some of the research that they've done on this missing four one one, he's kind of in some cases found a profile of 
certain people that are um, that end up going missing, you know, disabilities, yeah. this, this, and that. And I'm thinking to myself, that rules out the, you know, because you think, okay, if there's somebody or something whatever, that you would say is just picking the per last person in line, okay, then how does that count that you have a certain amount that always have certain common denominators? You see what I'm saying? If it's just right. opportunistic, you're not, you're not, you know, that, that commonality, you rule it out. You just, whoever, whatever it is, is plucking mm -hmm. the, the easiest one to get. You see? Right. But you hear that that's not the case, that there's a certain things that they, after a while, you say, okay, you know, there's certain things that they all share for some reason. So it's, it's, it's a real mind bender. Well, one of the other things is that in a lot of these cases, especially when we do find remains of individuals, mm -hmm. you won't hear any insects. You won't see any insects. You won't that. even hear any birds. It's dead, dead, still, and quiet. Mm -hmm. And no predator bothers them. Yes. And, and it's, like it's, you know, it's just like you were saying about the cattle mutilations earlier. And that's what is causing that. And uh, when they do, like I said, the autopsies, mm -hmm. we never got a report back. Right. We never knew what the what the final disposition was. And so, you ask, did you ever get? Did you ever get uh, a command from up the food chain where they told you guys, "Hey, we don't want you to let any more people in there." Did you ever get anything like? They wouldn't tell you why, but they would just tell you, "Don't let." No. You're on your own, baby. Come on in. <laughs> no. But I was told you don't repeat about this. Oh, sure. I'm sure about that. And I think more than anything, it was revenue. Yeah, They course. didn't want people to stop coming to the park systems. Yeah. And, uh, but the thing is, you know, you go into a national forest, you don't pay a fee like you do a national park, state park, local mm -hmm. park. But mm -hmm. it's, it, it's still happening all across in, in, in these areas. Now, is it because there's a larger group of people, better pickings for whatever is there? But I have had, I, I, again, it just keeps getting weirder and weirder and weirder because you just, when you start to kind of start to wrap your head around it, then you'll get another call you're not going to believe this. I, I, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's like a, okay. I could have a, a nickel for every time I that. was told, you're never going to believe this. But, and I mean, I'd be a rich man. And it is so, so true. But even from your own, the, the people that you work with, you, you get mm -hmm. that same feedback. But, uh, it, yeah, it's like I, I imagine if. When uh, some uh, somebody like yourself that was a ranger, what are you doing for vacation? Yeah, anything but camping. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, we're not well, going camping. It's, I always would say, now folks, you have a good, a good day and a good visit, but be careful and always keep your children between you. The big one. Wow. And it, I never would say why, but just... Right. That was it, but uh, it's you feel you feel guilty. 
when you can't go into further detail or say, like I said, you can't tell your love, their loved ones what happened because you don't know. Right. And exactly. you feel like you're being hampered. Yeah. Okay, here I am. I, I'm, I'm a law enforcement officer for the Park Service. I'm supposed to be doing law enforcement as well as doing search and rescue, doing all of these other mm-hmm. things that park rangers do. And I'm being told to keep quiet. Right. We don't exactly. talk about these things. And it just, it's, it's like you're standing in a doorway and having it slammed in your face and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, and I because... think that's probably why a lot more of us are, are coming forward now. Yeah. Yeah. But, because I uh, think after a while, it doesn't take much of an, when you put yourself in that person's place and at the very least, it, you, you know, it's like, you know, if I could at least offer you the comfort of knowledge of giving you an explanation, you know, it's not going to maybe undo if this person passed away, but at least you understand that well, this is what happened. But from what right. you're telling me, you're not, you can't even do that for them. And I imagine oh. that some of these people eventually, from what I've heard, a lot of these families, some like what you've described, they don't give up, but they're just resigned to like, they're never going to get an answer. And that's the most heartbreaking is yeah. they'll come back a year, a couple of years later. By any chance, have you found anything? Have you, have you find out, found any remains? No. Sorry. Come back another year later. They're always searching, hoping that yeah. somewhere, something of, the, the, of a bone or, or something yeah. will be found that will put a little bit of closure, like you said, into place. But then you, 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 for the longest period of time, we were always, uh, we could go out on patrol by ourselves. Okay. You know, our park, we know them. Um, mm-hmm. What could happen to us? That changed on one, on one incident. Um, again, up at Yosemite, uh, we had a missing ranger. Really? And so we had to start looking. And okay. uh, we got on horseback. We knew where he was going. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you would report in but via radio, but then those reports stopped and mm-hmm. it was just dead quiet. Right. And we finally tracked his horse down because this is way back in the back boonies. Right. This is people, people don't reapply. No, GPS was not always around <laughs> or transponders no, uh, or anything like that. Right. So we had to literally backtrack from where the horse came from. Okay. Uh, and what I saw, again, it's almost like you're, I get these flashbacks and mm-hmm. I mean, I can see it so vividly. Uh, we found the ranger, the missing ranger. He was on a, uh, now up in Yosemite, that whole area is filled with granite, uh, granite rocks because of the glacier age. And uh, you know, they, uh, so the glaciers would move these boulders, deposit them all over the place. Well, there was this pretty good size, probably the size of a bed uh, boulder. And here was this ranger, and obviously he was dead. But he was okay. laying on his back, and he was bent over the rock. And, like, of course, 
just okay. yeah, he was he wasn't just laying there. I mean, he was literally bent over backwards. Backwards. Okay, I was going to ask yeah. about backwards. Okay. Yeah, and uh, so we like I said, we obviously knew he was gone, but you always have to take you know check the pulse or, sure. or, or, or he looked odd. Um, but it just, it, it, it wasn't normal. It wasn't a normal dead body. Right. And I went up and I, I, I felt for a pulse and that's when I noticed it. There was no bone. What? Yeah. And we trans, we picked the body up because we had taken out so we had to put him over another horse, a pack horse. He had no bones. Chris, you must have been thinking. I don't. I don't even know. I think I, I would probably stop thinking because I would have too many things. My brain would go oversaturation. I, I. Yeah. Well, and that's what was so. You look at your partner that you're with, and you're. How can this be? It's like whatever you do, don't leave me alone. I imagine yeah. you, is this if this is a full-grown man and you're like right. thinking, what happened to him? And so we went ahead. We we took him back. They did take him in. Now we did get a report back on him because that's when it had changed to having more than one ranger. Did he real quick? Did he have any other injury? I mean, did you see any injury on him or wound or? No, and that's what was so puzzling. Well, we found out that he did have bones. They were just pulverized. How does, okay. You pulverized crushed? to the point where it was like he was rubber. Oh, my God. That's horrible. You pick up the hand and it was just like a rubber. It just would go. And again, you just don't know. So it was almost as if he was dropped from a very high altitude. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that scenario, and I'm not going to be too descriptive, but there was no blood splatter. There was nothing to indicate. Right. Exactly. A point of impact. Exactly. Because usually when that happens, it's just a, you know, a jelly mm -hmm. mess. Yeah. Not, not in this case. And so, no bones and no again. blood is what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Just, I wasn't going to say, okay, I was thinking, okay, to pulverize somebody's bone, you either crush them, which you would, you know, get blood, or yeah. like you said, or fall. And even then you think sometimes people don't fall flat. You know, people flat. either you, you, you know, your head for, you know, some part of your body meets the yeah, ground first. Exactly. Before the rest of you. So it's not like a uniform. And even then... You and um, and that after that they said no more uh, no more solo uh, right patrolling no more solo patrolling so it started going to two ranger units and those are at your busiest parks and mm -hmm. uh, still even to your smaller parks if they I mean there are still some like some of the the national monuments that aren't very mm -hmm. big or some right. of your historical parks where you've got a ranger within five minutes of being there. 
Mm-hmm. But the, the wilderness ranger, oh, absolutely not. And uh, it, it, it does. It, it's like I say, you, every, every place I went, it was always something different. And it's, uh, I mean, it's like, I don't remember signing up for this. Well, because, you know, I, I mean, I can imagine I, it's got to be difficult just to handle like you said, lost kids, people, but normal stuff. You, you, you know, it's, it comes as part of the, of the job that, hey, people get lost and sometimes they're children. But when there's that additional, what you're saying, that mystery, the, okay, I know that there's something more here and I don't know what it is. And even that description of what happened to that ranger, that's incredible. Yeah. So even we started to become more we did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. threatened, shall I, yeah. I guess with the best word, by the parks that we served and, and mm-hmm. swore to protect. Sure. And you don't know who's in control of right. what is out there. And uh, Yeah, because you guys are at the very bottom of the totem pole as far as the yeah. food chain that goes up from, like you said, once you put, put you know, provide reports and that's it that you, you got to let it go you got to let that paperwork go yeah and it but it uh it just after a while it started making me think okay what what's going to be next on the list and am i going to be make it out of this <laughs> job alive Chris, let me ask you them did you ever either were you involved in an investigation or were you there where all of a sudden you saw some type of investigation unit that was not you guys because obviously you're the ones that are assigned to it come in to help <laughs> and you're like what are you guys doing here did that ever that, happen oh yes oh really yes. uh yeah there was a couple times where there would be reports of um ufo sightings for instance mm-hmm. now like i told you the the, the park service doesn't have an, a, a missing persons issue right so Technically, we are federal employees. That is our jurisdiction, regardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would get reports, and I swear they have our uniforms tagged with something or some kind of transmitting device that is going mm-hmm. right to it. Uh, on most of the cases where there was a UFO sighting, especially if it was an alleged landing of a craft, okay. 
either the military would show up or the FBI would show up. Now, the FBI really does not, is not involved in missing persons. No, you think of them as for crime or abductions, right. kidnappings, but that's about it. Exactly. I mean, kidnappings so, as in, you know, like regular kidnappings, but otherwise right. that's not what you would think they would do. No, no, they're federal employees. I'm a federal employee. Technically, we're mm -hmm. the same. Yeah. We would go in and we would literally be told, leave the site now. You will be told what to say. If you have a problem with that, talk to your supervisor. The military would literally mm -hmm. be there with their weapons. And you're going, okay, my nine millimeter is going to go against It's like, yeah, yeah okay. what are you going to do? It's like, all right. You know, then, it's like, like uh, that's it. That's incredible. You know, you yeah. hear these stories and sometimes you think that is this hyperbolic as far as these descriptions because you don't want to believe it. How can I tell you? You don't want to believe that, that there's this, I don't know what you want to call it. Um, this manipulation, how's that, of yeah. these occurrences, uh, and you know, and how can you dispute when somebody comes in on the scene and does exactly what you described? Be quiet, don't ask questions, you know, and get out of here, you know, or go speak to your supervisor. That's it, just don't talk to anybody yeah. about any of this. And they always threaten you in whatever manner, yeah. you know, who you are, we know. You, who your family yeah, is. Of course. And of course that puts the fear of God into you. Sure. And you go, well, who's going to believe me anyway, really, mm -hmm. in a long ways. And, and they make you think that nobody's going to believe what you say, or they give you some right. misinformation. And it's like, what are we hiding? Well, see, and this is the thing. And you, and you know, and I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because this is, I think till very recently now that things are changing a little bit, a little bit. I think a lot for years and years and years of anybody that came forward to talk about anything along those lines, whether it's UFOs or they would somehow the, they would angle to make the person look like a nut, yeah. you know, not like as in I, I walk around talking to myself, but they're like, Oh man, there's, they're just imagining stuff. They're making stuff up, the persecution complex. So basically like they, they discredit the person so after a while, like you said, who's going to believe me? Because now it, I'm thought of as a nut. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've got to admit, I'm, I'm one of the guilty when I say, <laughs> you're not going to believe this, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? A lot of people, it's, 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 and then you think, okay, I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand maybe there's certain things that your government doesn't want you to know because it's I understand. I understand about national security. I get it. Mm -hmm. But then there's things like this that you're like, okay, come on. This is not a national security thing. There's something else going on here. And it's like, yeah. And uh, I think that it's, it's, I, I, it makes you wonder, are they ever, well, you've seen lately, they're kind of hinting that they're going to disclose more about UFOs. Yeah. Do you think they're actually going to do it? I thought that, okay. <laughs> I wanted to see what you said. They really can't because it would cause undue panic. It would be very similar to Orson Welles' version of the War of the Worlds. Except now, our techno gear is 10 mm -hmm. times more elaborate. 
sure. that it would go around the world instantaneously. Oh, yeah. And yeah. our religion, our philosophy, uh, psychology, uh, people would have heart attacks. If we, yeah. now we all know that there is something more, but until we actually acknowledge it, it doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily have to be real. The monster oh, sure. under the bed is only a monster under the bed until you grow up, and then you can dismiss it. But you're you're never going to look to find and see that monster under the bed. And if you do, right. you're going to have problems. And that's kind of where we're at. They may one day say, and they have, you know, scientifically, uh, the percentage of inhabitable planets is x times z to the 200th fortune which means right. that there's a hundred thousand planets out there that are capable of life i think that's going to be the extent but you know what i think most on. people are good with the idea of like hey there's i think most people understand or know or yeah i mean there's got to be not more lots of other worlds out there that have some type of life whether it's life as we know it you know, carbon-based or something else. Maybe there's something. With, I think the problem comes in with what you said when they tell you, yeah, but they're here. <laughs> yeah, That's they're when everything cool. changes. Yeah. And, uh, but you see certain little things changing. Yes. Um, you know, even uh, Pope Francis mm -hmm. came, came across and said that he believed that there is life on other yeah. planets. Nowhere in the Bible does it say there's not. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, we have to slowly acclimate if that's the case. But there again, wow. the powers that be called the U.S. government uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's like don't want our competitors to know that we may have advanced technology, which it's obvious we do. Well, where did we get that? You look in the last... 60 years, how far we've come in our technology. Kitty Hawk? Yeah. I mean, it just, we skyrocketed. And especially after the alleged Roswell accident. Do you and think they're friendly? I'm going to ask you this. I, think I know they, that. I think there are species that are. Okay. And I think there are species that are not. Okay. And I think that they are not necessarily evil, but they're looking at us like a bunch of lab rats, just like we Yes. Experiment, and that's scary. That that in and of itself is scary. I don't yeah. think that sometimes we want to place our moral compass as humans on things that are from another world, which it's like you said. It's not that they're evil. It's just that they don't judge things bad, good or bad, the way we do. Right. You know, and that's but that's still scary. <laughs> that's still scary. Uh, well, when you, even when you look at cattle mutilations and things that they do. Yeah. But there again, you can see these things, and your brain is telling you one thing. But but there's that safety door that sure, lets you go course. in and see. But I don't know for sure. Yeah, right. Exactly. You're so, absolutely right. Unless I unless it affects me directly, it's not real. Yeah. And I think that's a part of our mechanism of how we we survive. Sure. And it's it's not a good thing because again there's going to have to be a day when and i think what's going to happen is there's going to be a mass 
sighting. I, mm-hmm. I hate to use some of the movies as an yeah, example. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. If you get a, a 10-mile mothership up above. Yeah, how, how, that, that's not a weather balloon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not it's a not weather a balloon. balloon. <laughs> or that's not, that's, not the, that's not something coming in off that Air Force base out there. Nah. Yeah, it's, it's not one of ours. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. It's not one of ours. <laughs> so unless that happens. But the problem, too, is that our movie industries yes. have done so well at making these movies of malevolent entities yes. versus benevolent entities. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, literally, I can think of three movies where the aliens proved to be positive. The Day the Earth Stood Still, the original, not mm-hmm. the remake. That sucked. Oh, uh, yeah, no, that was horrible. <laughs> Close Encounters of the Third Kind mm-hmm. and E.T. And E.T., yeah. All the others are bam, boom, let's blow up the world. Independence and, Day. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, so why wouldn't we be afraid? Yeah. And uh, because it's ingrained in our mentality. But there again, we're afraid of what we don't know. So unless it's it's taught to us and we're educated in a, a scope where we see them communicating with us or with our national leaders, there's still going to be that little piece in the back of our head that's going to say, oh, yeah, you just watched. In 24 hours, they're going to start firing on us. Well, you know what? I think also what concerns most people is that you think at the very least they are technologically more advanced than us, which means they have superiority over us. And us, we, we consider ourselves king of the hill here as far as the earth is concerned. Okay, so for us to have whatever they are here, which we know at the very least, because just of the fact that you're here, that you outgun us when it comes to technology, it's like, yeah, you could, I hope you're nice. How's that? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it's true. If they wanted to, do away with us they would have done so a long time ago oh yeah I feel. Uh, we're no threat to them per se i mean the more we go out in space unless we learn from our mistakes which i sure wish to god we do as long or, as we or, uh, you know well but see it's the same thing we're not a threat to them which is maybe why they haven't like you said, annihilated us, but that doesn't mean they don't have the capabilities of doing so. And I guess that's what wigs people out to know, um, you know, and let's, 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 let's face it. If you go by, let's, let's use that show ancient aliens that you think, okay, they've been around then for thousands of years, whether the same ones or different ones, it's like, okay, you know, we're like a big lab, you know, lab rats for them. Yeah. And nobody, uh, I mean, let's face it, we, we're, the, we're used to being the ones that use lab rats, not being the lab rats. And I think exactly. a lot of people would have a hard time getting that. Like, hey, they're nice. And it's almost like, yeah, but because they want to be. Not because right. we're on a level playing field. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's it's. Let me. I, I'm waiting. I, I I agree with you though. I think that if there is any disclosure, it'll sound like a lot of, and then when you analyze it, it'll be a lot of nothing. 
It's like, I already knew that. I knew that too. Like, like where's the disclosure part? You know, when are you going to really say something definitive? Right. right. I think that that's and what's going to happen. You do. You, I mean, with the uh, Nimitz videos, that's mm -hmm. caused a lot of people to perk up and yes. say, now the Navy just said they're following something. They don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. And I think more stuff is going to have to be sneaked out or, Yes. Or something in order to contribute to that that the higher ups can't handle, and uh, it's it, it really. I hope that when that day comes, that this is my uh, true hope for the future, is that when the day comes and these entities are benevolent and they come mm -hmm. in peace that we will stop all of this crap on this planet this white this black this chinese maybe this that's black. what maybe that's what they're waiting for and they're going oh, they're at it again when are they going to get it <laughs> well how are we going to deal with multi-species if yeah, we can't even exactly. get along with our own species. Exactly. That's a, but by the way, you want do you want to unite the human race? Throw an extraterrestrial in the mix, and then all of a sudden everybody's like, us humans, you know, all yes. the differences <laughs> will cease to exist. Exactly. It won't matter nothing. Nothing. Yeah. You know, it'll be like uh, us humans, you know, it's like <laughs> that's all you need to know. <laughs> Better human than green. Oh, no, yeah, man, that'll be like that's it. It's like that that that'll put everything in perspective real quick. You know, oh. petty foolishness will stop immediately. Oh man, oh lord, it's true. Yeah. It really is. They'll find something, but I, I do hope that we eventually evolve. And sure, of course, of course, that's what we can hope for. More caring race, and at that time, yeah, I do believe that there will be some, I mean, using Star Trek as an example, mm -hmm. some kind of a multi-planetary federation and all the opportunities that would be yes. bestowed. I remember years ago, they were talking to this professor and I was, I thought it was the biggest crock of you know what. Uh -huh. uh, as he was saying, well, we know that there cannot be extraterrestrial life visiting our planet because you can only go near the speed of light. And I thought, you're talking about a race that could be thousands of years more Wait, this advanced. Is, that's what we know how to do. That's about it. Exactly. That's based on our credibility, exactly. not some other race yes. that predates us god knows how long that's what i'm saying so that's that's maybe... like that's like the comfort food kind of like logic it's like yeah, yeah. i mean i think too hard on this nah <laughs> they can't it's they're, they're too many light years away anyway so forget it let's not worry about that you know um, <laughs> i gotta i gotta go pay my car note hold on you know like so or wait 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 I, I there's a great show coming on on netflix i don't want to you know that kind of like mentality like um yeah that that that's too much yeah and i understand there's people that this is how they function and that's just the way it is you know the human condition where you look at how many times we go to work we come mm -hmm. home yes dinner, watch tv go to bed get up go to yes. work come home yeah. Have dinner. That becomes a blur. It's, it's redundancy. 
are are yeah there's a few out there there's a few great minds and and, mm-hmm. and new changes but again i go when i was young and and and, and so forth and i'm sure you remember this too people used to be able to make change and they would count out the change the yes. the clerk and they would know how to make out that change now if mm-hmm. it doesn't oh, yeah. know what it is on a machine oh yeah they have no clue and let me tell you something I remember my first job, uh, um, you know, when they would hire extra people around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of my first jobs was like that. It was, you know, those old uh, registers where you would just punch in the thing in exactly like what you said. You had to give yeah. change back. And I, I had never done this before. I was in high school. And I remember, as a matter of fact, that my boss's name was Mr. Bliss. I've never forgotten it. He put me through the ringer, but he showed me how to give back change. Yeah. And at the beginning, I was like a nervous wreck. And you know what? Once you get over it, once your mind goes, click, okay, I get it. And yeah. like you said, nowadays you tell somebody, hey, they're going to give you a 20 and it costs seventeen thirty-two. What's their change going to be? You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be $2 and what, 68 cents or something like that. Right. They'd be like, huh? <laughs> they, yeah. they don't have a clue. And I've even caught, you know, sometimes they'll, take out the change and their minds kind of short, short out. Cause like yes. say, Oh, here, let me just round this out. Well, rounding it out means you're not going to give out any change, exactly. but their minds just go into deep freeze because they've already put it yes. into the machine and yes. they're yes. looking at the machine. Like it's mysteriously and magically going to tell them what the right answer is. And it's pretty pathetic. Yes. And it is. now it is. too, you know, in the 60s, I remember seeing one of the first computers and it was the size of a building. Yeah. And now we've got computers like that, microchip. It's, you know, that do, do everything that these things couldn't do. I mean, we can communicate, mm-hmm. we can look up encyclopedias, we can, I mean, it's, sure. it's amazing. What yeah, it is. It is. People don't realize that. But, you know, the only ones that have the benefit of that are people that have been around for just a little bit, you know, a little bit. Exactly. Beyond the year 2000, before the year 2000, I'm going to use that as the breakaway point. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. It's, I used to laugh when I was in eighth grade because my teacher said, and by the year 2000, everybody will have a computer. I went, oh, yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. And, you were and, thinking, yeah. Well, yeah. And what that extra well, building by your house? Yeah, it's yeah. It, it, but it's true. Most of us have not only one; we've got several. Mm-hmm. And uh, exactly. you know, one one day we'll have to talk about um, one of the discoveries I kind of made uh, regarding technology, and it it kind of goes into religious philosophy okay. and uh, dealing with. Uh, uh, the antichrist and technology wow um, God, we gotta you, you okay chris all right i'm gonna be <laughs> spoiler i'm going to be contacting chris right away for a follow-up show on this he said <laughs> all the right words you all know so you don't have to ask me to bring him back i am going to bring him back what do you think about that see there you go because yeah it's 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 that that right there we're 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 on the right track with that as far as i would love to hear what you got to talk to tell me about that but anyway chris 
because for my podcast listeners, but I do, I am going to have a link in the credits of the show, but for my podcast listeners, what's the website they can go to if they want to uh, get more information, contact you, anything like that? It's at anubisparanormal.wix.com backslash A-P-R-O. We're also on Facebook uh, and uh, on uh, Facebook group pages. We have all of our different chapters on there. Right. And um, we're also on all the other social media. Uh, If you want to get in contact with us, uh, we're mm-hmm. at Anubis Paranormal Research Org at gmail.com. Right. So in other words, if because you told me you've got different chapters in different parts of the country. So, you know, if somebody's in a certain part, you could get maybe there's a chapter that's close by that could help them out. Exactly. exactly. All right. It has been wonderful to speak to you, Chris. Oh, I, I, I really missed our conversations. It's boom. You know, I'm I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Probably to tomorrow, the day after, you're going to be getting that email, and we we're going to schedule that new show. So I want to talk about that. Okay. Well, make sure you remember what happened last time when we were closing. No, you know what? You're I'm going to. Glad you brought that up. You remember, and I don't know if you remember. I got an EVP on our show of a cat meowing. Yeah, that's I just what I was going to say. I heard your cat, and you're like, "What cat?" By the way, I didn't have cats. I had no cats. Exactly. You mentioned to me that you showed something about your mom liking cats. Yeah. But this yeah. was at the very beginning of the conversation. And it was like yeah. this right about now towards the end. And when I heard, I played back, you know, I, I revert and I'm like, hey, there's a cat. And when we talked, I say, hey, your cat. And you're like, I don't have a cat. And I was like, but yeah, I heard your cat meowing in the background. Oh, now there is something else for another show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, since I've left the park service per se, I'm still on as a uh, uh, consultant. So okay. I still do investigate, but I've been, uh, when my dad was, when I was very young, my dad told me, he says, uh, I don't care what you do, but choose two careers. So if one doesn't work out, you'll always be able to fall back on the other. And so I chose veterinary science as my oh, secondary. And okay. So that's what I'm doing now. And uh, I'm working in a vet hospital. And I can tell you a lot about pet ghosts. Oh, we got to talk about that because I'm an animal lover. God knows. I've got, I've got nine dogs. Wait a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold, hold, hold the thought. So everybody's like, hold on. Oh, so for everybody, this is my old girl. This is my little, little idiot. She's 17 years old. Queen queen girl. Okay, she's one of those apple head chihuahuas. Okay, mm-hmm. she's been my traveling companion. She was so small that I could take her in one of these uh, holder. She's been to the White House. She's been to Times Square. She's been to Central Park. I've taken yeah. her everywhere. I've taken her yeah. so small. And she was a good girl. I've snuck her into restaurants. She would just sit there, and I would take a little something, and then I would sneak it and put it in that little holder. Because it, mm-hmm. it was a SpongeBob. You know, it looked like <laughs> almost like a purse. Little did anybody know. Nowadays, everybody carries their pets everywhere. But I was carrying her around with me all over the place. And I've got her, of course, next to me on the pillow. That's that's the my oldest and smallest of my not no 10 dogs. (laughs) So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you gotta come back. Maybe that's gonna be show number three. 
But yeah. Okay. If anybody the cat wants to come back and meow, go ahead. <laughs> All right, Chris. Thank you so much. It has been wonderful to talk to you. Okay. Oh, with you as well. It was a pleasure. Take care. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Yay! I'm going to bring Chris back, and we're going to talk about technology and the Antichrist. You better believe it, baby. See, see, was isn't he a great guest? Mm -hmm. He is. I hadn't talked to him. You know, time gets. You know what? It's really funny because it seems like the other day that I had my first interview with uh, Chris uh, Christopher George, and um, back then he was living in California and he did a lot of investigations on the Queen Mary. He was man. I'm talk about knowing. Uh, the stories, actual first-hand experience going on to the Queen Mary. And believe it or not, I said, you know what? Let me talk to him. I want to catch up with him because I was thinking, you know, they're going to open up the Queen Mary now. I know that a lot of restrictions for travel and vacations are going to be gone. And I was thinking, I wonder what's happened you know, all this time that this ship has been on lockdown, you know, because, and the reason uh, I'm going with this is that, you know, sometimes, especially somebody like him who knows people that work there, uh, there's no traffic, you know, humans are gone. So a lot of these people that work at these places, all of a sudden they, they, they get a wealth of new experiences. They hear new things just because there's no foot traffic. There's nobody there. And I thought, you know what, if anybody's going to know about this, it's going to be Chris George. Come to find out, because, of course, time speeds along. He's no longer in California. I mean, he still has contacts out there. Like, you know, you heard what he said all about as far as what's going on with the Queen Mary. Um, and now he's in Colorado, which is just as well. But either way, he is, um, I love talking to him because he knows this stuff. And uh, like he said, you know, there's a lot of times where, um People in their professional lives, you know, doesn't have to necessarily be a first responder or anything like that. You witness certain things where if you're not told directly, shut up and don't say anything. It's like the unknown rule, the unknown fact. You want to kill your career? Talk about it. So in other words, you don't have to be told, don't say anything. You know it. It's like, it's like everybody knows, you know, like everybody knows, hey, that boss, that's a cool guy. That's a nice guy. That's a person that you work for this person. No, they're great. No, work for that person. But, you know, it's like the unwritten, you know, everybody after a while, you, you, you're in on the same groove. And um, same thing. And everybody thinks, well, you know what, it's the military or, you know, uh, law enforcement. They're, they're the ones that are told, you know, be quiet or don't say anything or, you know, you're going to lose your credibility. And then, you know, you'll never outrun it and you can just forget about advancement. There's a lot of different, um, how can I say, job or job types that it was the same thing. If you heard or witnessed anything unusual, if you weren't told outright, it was implied, or it was kind of like, hey, if you ever hear don't talk. Yeah, don't don't talk about that. Don't talk about that. Um, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna go into specifics. I've heard of a certain bank in down in Miami, 
had been around for a very long time. And eventually, you know, there was um, certain people there were having certain experiences, certain sightings. And basically they were told, be quiet, don't say anything. Because the last thing, think of it, you know, a bank wants to get as a reputation that it's a haunted bank or that people are seeing things or that employees. There's a lot of different fields where people are told, you know, you know, even if you come to your supervisor, you're, you know, like it's like your supervisor's hoping you're not going to come and talk to me about that, are you? Please don't do that. Don't do that. Like in other words, I don't, I don't want to know about that. Okay. And then there's people that are going to say, well, that was once upon a time. Mm, I beg to differ. Yeah, I think there's more transparency now because, yes, you've seen all these paranormal reality shows and, blah, 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 and disclosure and blah, 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 and whistleblowers. Blah, blah. <sighs> Let me tell you, stuff like that is more the exception than the rule. The majority of people, uh, whether it's it, sometimes it's not even a question of advancement. It's a question of, like, I just want to keep my job. And I don't want to be known as either that guy or that girl or whatever who, uh, guess what? You just be quiet. You just keep it to yourself, whatever it is. And this could go from uh, paranormal manifestations to UFO sightings to, depending on what you do, um, just weird stuff, unexplained stuff, uh, things like what he was describing, what he did. After a while, you're like, yeah, I know what this is. And then, you know, a lot of times exactly like what he described towards the end of your day. In other words, you're not there working anymore. And it's like, you know, and, you you know, maybe this is really weighed heavy on you for a while because you're thinking, man, I, this is not right. That this, that, that uh, Americans don't know about this or the public doesn't know about this. This is not right. Like, why the secrecy over something like this unless... You know, it, it, even if it means more heartbreak for a family or just the fact that's being kept hidden, you know, and a lot of people finally like, Chris, you, you decide, yeah, I, I want to talk about it. You know, anyway, to be honest with you, a lot of what what he's saying, I, I want to say so much is not disclosure as in confirmation. Okay. When a lot of us have heard these stories and then you hear somebody that actually did it confirming like, no, you know what? This is not some crackpot story or these descriptions are not way out there uh this actually does happen and i witnessed it firsthand however you know and that's that's another thing a lot of people don't realize that a lot of times these people when i said people you're at the bottom of the totem pole like for example his job you know this food chain goes all the way up to washington you know let's say if you're a federal employee uh you know he's the one on the front lines he's the person that deals with the public or in the parks or everything and then whatever you know you don't know once that report is released whose hands it goes through in other words this is not they don't put it in a just a local office and a lot of these people are kept in the dark as well you know everybody thinks that they're part of the problem no they're that problem problem sometimes they're victimized as well in the sense of they're not told either they're never given any explanation but they have to carry the burden of knowing there's something here that's not right. And I saw this and even I don't know what really this is about or what the outcome is or how did this happen? Okay. This, this is stuff that people after a while, it 
you know, unless you're a little psychopath and you don't care, you don't have a conscience, it becomes like a heavy burden when you think this is not right. And by the way, that's that's a good thing. But at the time, again, if you have to support a family, if you've got a mortgage, you know, you've, you're living, you're living your life. And part of you saying, you know what, this is not right, but God, I need my job. I've got plans. I've got responsibilities. I've got a family that's depending on me. Okay. Um, do I want to find out that if I say anything, what's going to come of this? Or like when he was saying that, you know, you have agencies that kind of tell you, we know who you are. Do you really want to call their bluff and find out, hey, I wonder if these guys really mean it. I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't. And because when you weigh it in the in the balance, it's like, no, nah, you know what? I can't risk it. I feel bad thinking that something's being kept either from the public or from the family or whatever the case might be. But And then I think that after a while that you carry this around and maybe you come to another point in your life, maybe it's 20, 30, 40 years later, you're like, man, I got to, I, I got to, unburden myself somehow and maybe nobody will believe me or somebody will say yeah I've heard of that or I saw that as well or you know things of that nature it wouldn't be the first time that historically people look back and they'll say you know what there was a whistleblower or somebody that said something or you know there was these stories going around that everybody said oh that's a bunch of Come to find out 20, 30, 40 years later, people say, man, they were saying the truth. They were, they were describing the truth. So again, you know, uh, I'm going to bring Chris back for that follow-up interview for sure. Um, if you have any stories, if you want links to the videos, or any of the podcast platforms for any of the shows, go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Uh, also, if you want to listen to the podcast version of any of the shows without commercial interruption, okay, you can go to my website, okay, and I usually point it out to where you could go where basically you can download the MP3 file, okay, or just click it and listen to it. Let's say if you're, you got it on your computer or your phone, you can actually listen right then and there if you don't want to store it. That's if you really want to listen to it without commercial interruption. Um, and again, you know, uh, you can go my uh, chronicles.com uh, for information on either the shows, new book projects I got. If you want to submit a story to me, marlenepardo.com, same thing. You can email me at marlene at miamigoschronicles.com. Uh, the other podcast series are nightshadediary.com and Supernatural Storytime. And I've got a lot of fabulous guests lined up. A lot of fabulous guests line up, but I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. And, um, you know, that there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in our reality, and it is what it is. So sometimes I'm hoping that some of these shows, they kind of provide the entertainment and the time to kind of like, you know, hey, like, you know what I say, like, suspend your disbelief a little bit. If you're one of these type of people like, oh, this, you know, BS, you know, let go of that for a little bit. And just listen to us. Listen to the theories, even if you, at the end you go, man, they're crazy. And you know what? It, 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 it helps you um, 
not worry or maybe just if you've got things going on where you're worried about a lot of different things that are going right now on in our world that it just suspends you for a little bit of time and then you have to deal with reality again even though I personally think that a lot of the things that we're talking about is grounded in reality but um, it just lets you uh, relax a little bit and think about man that's a the what-ifs you know the what-ifs that uh, there's so many things so many mysteries in our world so again guys thank you so much for being part of my audience you're all wonderful and please come back next week for another show if your preferred climate is business friendly check out ohio with zero percent taxes on corporate income r&d investments and goods sold out of state ohio is better for business because ohio isn't built for followers they're building for leaders ohioisforleaders.com just hearing the word cancer can be frightening at Kaiser Permanente, we're a leader in the prevention, early detection, and treatment of cancer. We keep track of your cancer screenings and remind you when it's time for the next one. And if you ever do hear that word, our teams of specialists use cutting-edge treatments to help make other words like hope, recovery, and cancer-free possible. Kaiser Permanente, tomorrow's healthcare today. Learn more at kp.org thrive. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of the Mid-Atlantic States Incorporated, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852.